backing a boost, confirming that it will invest millions of pounds in drilling in the UK. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. Lee Agnew reports. Experts say the Beckstein bat will be decimated if the railway line is built through Buckinghamshire. The Bat Conservation Trust has been monitoring the rare mammal at Sheep House Wood, which is on the proposed route. The latest consultation comes to an end this week, but the Trust says information given to the public is shoddy, with affected areas badly surveyed or not surveyed at all. France's First Lady, Valérie Trier-Wierre, is expected to leave hospital today. She was admitted on Friday following allegations that President François Hollande is having an affair with the French actress Julie Gaillet. Christian Fraser reports from Paris. Traditionally, the French don't take much interest in the private lives of their politicians, but this is a deeply unpopular president and the timing hugely significant. On Tuesday, he's due to address the nation, setting out his agenda for the year. The attention should be on the chronic unemployment, the high taxes and the corrosive effect of those taxes on investment. Instead, the focus is all on the one question it is suggested he will answer on the state of his tangled love life. The film, 12 Years as a Slave, directed by the British director Steve McQueen, has won Best Drama at the Golden Globes ceremony in Los Angeles. It's the first big event of the award season. There were three prizes for the 1970s crime movie American Hustle, and Mexican filmmaker Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director for his existential space thriller Gravity. The weather, a mostly dry and fine day with long sunny periods with some scattered showers, a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past six, Monday the 3rd... Ooh, spooky... Oh no, it's Friday. Monday the 13th of January... Very, very busy show, and we are pulling out the big guns today. Yeah, Paul Scoynes is going to be on the show, dear listener. Yeah? Yeah? That's what I'm talking about. Open spaces are just developments waiting to happen these days. Are you bothered? Oh, yeah, sure. In the countryside, people will kick up a stink if the bulldozers move in on one tree. But what about in the towns? We'll be talking to the residents who were bothered enough to try and turn their green space into a village green. They failed, and now the council's been given the go-ahead to allow it to be built on. The latest weapon in the fight against HS2 has been revealed. It's small and fuzzy, and by the sounds of it, pretty set in its ways. It's a bat... It's about... This is people just clutching at straws. It's about... And also, there's a survey out. Married couples are happier if they choose not to have children. Is that true? I can kind of see the logic behind that. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. The big guns are coming out. Paul Scoynes will be joining me in two minutes and 31 seconds.
long-running campaign by residents in Luton to stop a piece of open land becoming housing has failed. The government's uh, planning inspector has said the uh, borough council can turn the recreation ground behind Butley Road into a housing estate. Residents had tried to get the land designated as a village green. And, uh, well, it turns out they failed. Paul Scoynes, political reporter at BBC Three Counties Radio, has been looking at this. Paul, it's a story we followed since the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Ever since this council in Luton approved the plans to build on the land by the M1 motorway in July 2012, uh, residents have been campaigning to try and stop that and land was granted to the council by Wimpy Homes, the developers, back in the 1970s. And back then, the council had stopped the land being used, so Wimpies weren't able to build on it because of fears of pollution and how close it was to the motorway. Now, there have been various environmental tests done by the council. Those, indeed, are the subject of dispute by the residents, and it was decided that the area is now safe. Then... After that was then decided, the residents took the decision to try and apply for the area to be designated as a village green, saying it was used by all the community as an open space. And uh, mum and local resident Stephanie said the open space was a vital asset for the community. There's nowhere for the kids around here to play. There's nowhere for them to run around. Luton, a few months ago, brought out a huge thing about how they're protecting our open spaces and that children need to get out and have areas to run. And then they're being hypocritical because they're taking the only open space we've got. Not only that, I've got a fence uh, gate that goes into this field and that's going to be blocked off. If I have a fire at the front of my house, I can't get out. My family are going to die. We're going to be stuck because there's no way. Our garden's 20 foot. That's not a safe distance away from a fire. But I have no side access and they're blocking off any access I've got to the back. But that failed, didn't it? Yeah, that application failed in January last year. The council appointed a legal expert to hear that application, and in March it was decided to rule in favour of the council. Obviously, the residents were very disappointed at that stage. Karen is a mother whose uh, children use that open space, and she feels that the council have ignored local residents' concerns. Luton Council, they're just destroying Luton. They're not listening to residents. My grandson needs a place to run and a lot of children need a place to run and they're taking it away and I am absolutely devastated that they can build on virgin land when they have so much brownfield sites they can build on. They've got to get their housekeeping in order because they're just unbelievable. They are so unbelievable. Well after that the residents try to fight on and take the matter further. Last week, however, Ian, it was decided by the Secretary of State, Eric Pickles, that the land could be used for housing. And that decision, it, it's quite controversial, isn't it? Or it's been seen by that, by, like that by quite a few people. Well, it is, because this whole uh, sort of episode with this particular piece of land is, is, is tied in with another two other pieces of land in Luton, which have been given to the council's preferred developer. The, what, the, sorry? Given. They give it away? Yeah, they've given the uh, land away in exchange for the developer building some affordable homes. So it's one of three sites that's been given to a housing association in exchange for the council permanently receiving the right to, to put tenants into the rented properties. So the council says, actually, uh, these plans for just over 50 dwellings at Butley Road is a good deal. Uh, the councillor, Labour councillor Tom Shaw, who's in charge of housing, he said that the total value of the land on all those sites is one. 
1.5 million. In exchange for giving that land away, the council is actually getting a number of houses, which would cost, they reckon, somewhere between 6.5 and 7 million pounds to build. And that indeed is a deal which has raised eyebrows from other parties, because on the face of it, you think, well, that's quite a bit of land that you've just given to a developer to work out. You know, is that figure that you're sort of getting fair? Uh, indeed, the government's um, planning inspector did say that it was land beneath the value of what the council could obtain for it. The residents have said this is an easy option for the council. The council will build on all public spaces, they say, before taking hard decisions about building on industrial land, which we have indeed discussed on your programme before. Uh, of course, doing that is very expensive, and the council says it doesn't have the money to do it. It's also controversial because, as we know, there is very little open space in Luton. Indeed, it's a very densely packed area, Luton. The government planning guidelines published last year said that councils should only build on open spaces an absolute last resort. Many areas have indeed tried to keep those uh, those pieces of land free using new government plans called neighbourhood plans, which allow local people far greater say in what happens mm. in their area. That's the idea, anyway. Uh, in 2009, the Audit Commission, the uh, government uh, sort of sort of internal inspectors, if you like, reported that there is not enough green space for the public to use and enjoy in Luton. They say that the lack of high-quality, accessible green space in certain parts of Luton affects people's health, well-being and overall quality of life. And they also went on to say in that report that most children and young people don't think there are sufficient parks and play areas to meet their needs either. Matt has been involved in the campaign to protect the open space and he says this land earmarked in the development for children's playing will have a negative impact on their health. Well the council's own records state that the area that they're leaving for children and people to walk their dogs and all that good stuff is of a very poor air quality. When I challenged the council on it it said I would hold them accountable for anyone in the area who developed any sort of asthma or occupational health issues because of the area they're playing in. I asked for it to be minuted and after several responses, they eventually put it on there, but a very wishy-washy account, because I told Hazel Simmons I would personally hold her accountable and sue the authority for any, like, you know, health issues that anyone gets in this area that they've allocated as safe to use for recreational use, even though their own records say it's not safe because of the air quality is so poor because of the motorway. Thanks, Paul. That's OK. Later, <laughs> later this morning, you'll hear uh, from Tom Shaw, the Labour uh, Luton Borough Councillor, on what those plans are next, and you'll also... Uh, here for the Green Party. Paul, thank you very much again. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call on that, you can send me a text, 81333, start your text, uh, 3CR. Or you can go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Lots to talk... Are you a fan of bats, Paul? Bats? Bats! They're all right. I'm I'm not a fan of the bat. Slightly freaked me out, if I'm honest. I don't understand... I don't understand, look at, look at that chin, I don't understand why bats are protected and why they are considered so special. What's special about it? It's a rat with wings. They've got sonar. How many animals can say that? There's about four, but I mean, how many more? <laughs> why, I, th- we're talking about bats in a bit, because bats could be scuppering the HS2 plan. They won't. It's, it's people clutching at straws. I really don't have any time for bats. Oh, no, you can't, no, you can't build there because of bats. Bats! We don't need bats. What do bats provide? Well, you know, people say Batman. that this particular piece of land that we've just been talking about is a, a, you know, a space for animals and wildlife and so on. So maybe actually they've got a point. Okay. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Bats? Really? Do we need them? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, start.
starting in Brickett Wood. Things are already heavy on the north orbital at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And we've still got some problems left over from flooding. Both of the bridges over the river at Great Ouse at Felmersham and Harrowed are still closed. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 6.15, it's Monday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are angry that a housing development has been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. HS2 is accused of giving misleading information of the, over the environmental impact of the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire. In tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson, aren't they the girls from Birds of a Feather, have been knocked out of the Australian Open. The weather today, fine and dry this morning, with showers arriving late this afternoon. Coming up, bats. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from nine, Justin Dealey with three hours of great songs and great memories. Philip says here on the text, I saw the Everly Brothers at the Bletchley Leisure Centre. Playing your requests from the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Tom says, uh, you play some great tracks today. You haven't played one that I didn't like. Justin Dealey. We had our listener vote earlier as well. Well, The Who, they won it. Well, very soon we're going to hear from Marcy Wilde, but up first, the American guitarist, Wayne Eddy. Justin Dealey. Every Saturday morning from nine. And if you miss this week's programme, go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Then you played with older boys and prefects What's the attraction in what they're doing? Hey, Carrie what's your game now can anybody play? Hey, Carrie what's your game now can anybody play? You were always something special to me Play. Hey, carry on. What's your game? 
I watched a documentary about the Hollies over the weekend. Did you? Yeah. They're, they're, oh, he's, oh, they're not sure. I watched a documentary about the Hollies over the weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. It was it was interesting. They're primarily not very good. Oh, hang on, sir. So in 1969, there's this... No, hang on, that's the wrong one. I watched a documentary about the Hollies over the weekend. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. They're primarily not very good, I don't think. But I've got a real soft... It was that time. Uh, yeah, they I know. They all sounded a bit like that. They had a lot of hits. All their hits sounded the same. Uh, but they, I've, I've got a soft spot for them. And it's, it's, it's just fascinating. And then Graham Nash, of course, went off and became a hippie and took loads of drugs and made millions of dollars. I think it was him that beat up my dad's friend, or one of them did. Um, that was his claim to fame. One, just, was just, that in the book? Was just that in one the second. Um, Paul Scoynes, political reporter, you are, um, uh, you've had more legal training than any of us here. Is it libelous to say that uh, a member of a 1960s rock group beat up a man without any evidence? Is that libel? You could probably get it as fair comment. Fair comment. It certainly uses the live defence. Okay, so, so it's okay to say Graham Nash beat up Catherine Boyle's dad's friend? I think. Uh, uh, yeah, allegedly. We know that It was work. someone from the Hollies, I think. That's better. Now we've covered ourselves. Yeah. We, we've libelled a whole How band. How many are there? There we go. Thank you very much. It's all right. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Wow, it might have been Godly and Cream. Uh, let's just um, hang on a second. Across beds, hearts and bugs. Godly and Cream is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay. Now the latest weapon in the fight against HS2 has been revealed, and it's only five centimetres tall. What can it be? What can it be? Bechstein's bat is considered a vulnerable species and is protected under the European Habitats Directive. And there's a colony living on the route of the proposed high-speed rail line. Well, my producer, Catherine Boyle, is in the studio. Bats? Catherine, really? We've got human beings being uprooted, but the bats are going to make a difference. Ah, but this isn't just any bat. Oh, it's a burn... Oh, hang on, OK. What's it called? A Bechstein's bat. Bechstein's bat. And when you say they're five centimetres tall, that would be a big one. They're normally about 3.5 centimetres tall, so okay. they are tiny. But they are one of the UK's rarest mammals. In 2005, there were just six known breeding populations yeah. in the UK. Um, and even though it's a titch, it's only a medium-sized bat. It has a... Pe- this is how you'd recognise it if you were to happen across one. OK. Pink face, long, broad ears, and the wings have a membrane which is attached to the base oh. of its feet. You know, like a bat. Oh. It will roost in woodland of at least 62 acres and only rarely ventures outside its habitat and it can be found across Europe um, and as far afield as Iran. Pretty rare here, though. Uh, So how does HS2 come into this? Well, a large population of these bats has been found in Burnwood Forest. Um, This area includes the ancient Sheephouse Wood in Buckinghamshire, which will be affected by the high-speed two-rail route. The area consists of ancient woodlands, meadows and hedgerows used by bats and other creatures, of course. Um, Burnwood Forest's Bexteen's population is part of the north uh, north colonies of Bexteen's bat. Hang on, I've, I've completely got this wrong. It's part of the North Bucks Bat Group. Yes, it's a hard phrase to say. Bat Conservation Trust. I think that's why I uh, tried to get around it. Found breeding colonies of Bexteen's Bat either side of the proposed line and North Bucks Bat Group is concerned about the potential consequences for the Bexteen's and other bat species um, if the, this wooded area to go. But but I thought that uh, HS2 Limited had done an environmental impact survey. This surely would have shown up, wouldn't it? Well, it seems a survey may have catered for bats in general, but not the rare 
Bexteens. Bexteens Bat. The Bat Conservation Trust is concerned that the measures proposed by HS2 Limited in this area to reduce the impact on bats hasn't really been tested properly. And it's been joined by the Woodland Trust in being critical of a lack of thoroughness in the environmental statement for the project. The Bat Conservation Trust has labelled it shoddy, in fact, and also described it as incomplete and inadequate. What have HS2 Limited said? HS2 Limited has released a statement from its lead spokesperson, Ben Ruse, saying it will continue to manage the environmental impact of the new railway as sympathetically as possible. Bats are protected species by law and therefore any activity which may affect them will be approved by Natural England. In Buckinghamshire, we've carried out extensive field surveys to help minimise the impact and we're proposing to build a series of green bridges and underpasses to protect the flight paths of bats. This will help to maintain a healthy population. He also says next to Sheephouse Wood in Buckinghamshire, where there would otherwise be a risk of collision with the bat species present, a structure forming a physical barrier to bats will be provided. So they're spending money on this. Um, This will ensure that they can pass safely from Sheephouse Wood to feeding areas on the opposite side of the railway. I don't I don't get it. What 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 will happen now? Campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against a proposed high speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. The latest consultation comes to an end this week, but the Bat Conservation Trust says information given to the public is insufficient with affected areas badly surveyed or not surveyed if at all. If you look all. at that screen there, you can That's see one there. The can we get a picture of a bat on the Facebook page and ask people bothered? I mean, seriously, I, I, uh, bothered? I got in trouble at the weekend, in terrible trouble at the weekend on Twitter. For being flippant about horse For saying abuse. that it was, it was accept- of course you could punch a horse in the face if it embarrassed you. That was obviously a I joke. You were being sarcastic. I was being sarcastic. I was being satirical. I was making a very clever point that people were too stupid to get. But bats? Really? I don't, I don't get bats. They're horrible, they're scary, they're frightening, they give you rabies. Um, uh, yes, they do. They're part of the ecosystem, the what, delicate balance of what nature. What do they do? What do bats and do? They're one of those animals that's nature's hoover, so they take out the mosquitoes. Bits, bits we don't have bots. mosquitoes in this country. Yes, we do. Well, we don't have mosquitoes. Of you, course we do. Are you nuts? I have seen one with blood in its back bit. Not, I smacked it against the wall the and it British, all came out. The British mosquitoes are nothing. This the fa- I, I know, I am a mosquito magnet. Whenever I go abroad, it's me. And now are it turns you? out my son that get the mosquitoes. I thought pasty people didn't... Uh, they love them. it. They, I've got, oh, I've got good... I've they got don't good, like me, they like my husband. I have got good blood. I've got very, very good blood. I'm having very special blood. But well, you bats, smell like a cow or something. Thank you. Uh, cats, uh, bats, don't. Stop it now. Bats. Moths. Bats don't do anything at all. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is this HS two campaigners? Are they just clutching at batty straws? For good, quick st- straw poll survey. Kelly Betts, what do you think about bats? They're all right. Are you bothered? Yeah, they're all right. Okay, put it on Facebook. Bats, are you bothered? Seriously. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five.
Normal at the moment on the A1M southbound. Very slow already between 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. The M25 anti clockwise building up between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. Some trains are being cancelled and replaced by buses because of a broken down train. And that is Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. A government inspector has ruled that a piece of land in Luton that campaigners have been trying to protect from development can be turned into housing. The open space behind Butley Road next to the M1 is earmarked for 50 homes. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. The government is to offer councils incentives to approve projects to extract shale gas. They'll be given all of the business rates from companies involved in fracking rather than the current 50%. The weather, long sunny spells with scattered showers late this afternoon and a high of 7 Celsius. In tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have both been knocked out of the Australian Open on day one of the tournament in Melbourne. Watson was beaten in three sets by Slovakia's Daniela, Jan- Daniela Hantukova. Robson lost 6-3, 6-love in only 50 minutes to the 18th seed, Kristin Flipkins, and admits she was far from her best. I just don't think I played very well, unfortunately. And, you know, I started the match off trying to go for a little bit too much so that she can hit um, her slice, which is so tricky to get back. But... After that, I just wasn't able to find my rhythm. And, um, you know, it's disappointing, but I thought she played very well today. In football yesterday, Manchester City beat Newcastle 2-0 to go to the top of the Premier League. Liverpool are up to fourth in the Premier League after a 5-3 win at Stoke City. MK Dons manager Carl Robinson has praised lone striker Chris Long after he scored on his debut at the weekend. The Everton teenager played an important part in the 3-2 league win against Shrewsbury. Robinson was full of praise. I seen glimpses today of, of a player 
Yeah. He's got that, he moves like I know he's eleven, but he's got to move like the way Robbie Fowler used to move. He's he's got that look about him. He's got that bit of arrogance, so confidence, which I think you need to be a young player. And he's brave. Luton Town will be in today's draw for the fourth round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters drew two all at Cambridge on Saturday and replay tomorrow night. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, that's better. There we go. So, it's time for the papers. Can, can we just do a quick shout-out? <laughs> shout-out? I think I'm Ken Bruce or something. Um, there's that family, isn't there? Dennis, John and Sue, two brothers and a sister. Oh, I love them. They've not called for a, for a long time, have they? Helmess. Helmess, that's the fella. Disgusting. They, they've not called for a long time. I'm, None of them, not once. I'm hoping there's not been some sort of tragedy over Christmas. Mm. So if you're listening, uh, Dennis, uh, John, John and... What was the sister? Sue. Sue. Oh, wait, Dave. 459 455. No, Dave's, Dave's not connected with them. Dave's banned. Oh, Dave's banned, of course. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. We're going to have a quick look at the newspapers. Let's do... I tell you what, because I've got um, uh, Catherine Boyle. Hello. Paul Scoynes. Hello. <laughs> nice to see you. I'm here. You're going to join us for the papers. I tell you what, Paul, mm. why don't you go first? What have you got? Well, I'm, I'm page eight of six, sorry. That's a good start. Oh, dear. Of The Guardian. And... Um, um, <laughs> hmm? The Guardian. It's a newspaper, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, carry on. This is actually, it, it features a local MP. Uh-huh. Um, this is uh, Tory berates HS2 for unforgivable letters. Yes. This is David Liddington, who's the, uh, uh, the he was the Foreign Office Minister, but also MP for Aylesbury. It says uh, he has written a stinging letter to the government, uh, spreading unnecessary fears after all um. homeowners along the route of HS2 received an identical notice yep. saying their land might be compulsory. I tell you what I'm going to do. I tell you what I'm going to do. Mm. You've obviously not heard this bit before. Well, I have, but... I thought I'd sort of bring I'm, a bit more sort of serious. I'm going to play Roy Orbison, oh. and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll play Roy Orbison, and then we'll come back. Cloud, oh. They call the Sandman tiptoes to my room every night, just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper, go to sleep, everything is all right. I close my eyes, then I drift.
Okay, okay. <clears throat> what a miserable song. <laughs> I mean, see, I can really, I can only apologise. Right, let's start again. It's the papers. Catherine Ball's here. Hi. And Paul Scoynes is joining us. Hello. Got off to a full start, but Paul, I think you found a, a slightly more appropriate story. What have you got for us this morning, Paul? This is in The Sun, Ian. Okay, good paper, great <clears throat> paper, fun paper. Um, a Romeo snapped his... His snap... Member. I'm going to say member after falling out of a tree whilst having in the act of love. Uh, the man named as Eric was on a third date with a girl named Serena when he lost, cat. lost his grip and plummeted onto his said <clears throat> um, Selena told US TV show Sex Sent Me to the ER there's a show called Sex Sent Me to the ER What's it States. about though? Well, who can guess? I was concerned about his well-being. Of course she was. Um, but, of course, every woman wants to make sure a guy's functionable. <laughs> Apparently Eric is recovering after treatment. Now, that is a great story. That is a great story, Paul. Well done. There's Thank more, you. There's more questions than answers there. Yeah, isn't it just... In a tree? Third date. <laughs> You've got to be very advanced, that. I've got a friend who's a doctor in A&E, in a- and, e, and you should hear this stuff. Story. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The excuses. Uh, my mar- marriage is, is bliss. If you choose not to have children... OK, now, oh, this, right. is, this is the thing. It's kids that ruin it, is it? It, it, it? It's just people who choose not to have children are more satisfied and more likely to feel valued in their relationships. Now, I have kids. I can sort of understand this. My boy is four uh, today. And uh, the, the, the joy and all of that is, is there. But I miss the sleep. I miss watching TV. I miss uh, hanging out with my wife. And I can kind of understand what they're saying here. Both men and women ranked the quality of their relationship more highly and did more to maintain their relationship than couples with kids. I, I get that as well, I think. You have to battle quite hard to not just be everyone's mum all of a sudden. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Have you made the decision not to have kids? And uh, do you regret it or do you uh, approve? What else you got, Catherine? Page one of The Sun wrestled back from the sweaty palms of uh, Mr Scoyne. Scammed for 60, 56 years, fraudsters fleece oh. OAP of £200,000. Have you this ever wondered who falls for these things where it says you've won X amount of pounds send yeah. us your details yeah it's it's uh, Sylvia Nella she's, so she's, she's 56 so she's 76 now yeah she's been doing this since she was 20 she sent off a fortune in reply to bogus letters but never received anything in return what a shocker you would think after maybe I don't know 10 years maybe 20 years you'd kind of knock it on the head maybe after being scammed once yeah. or twice um, but Sylvia's now she gets up to 100 letters a week, a week because I she's on she some does. sort of list clearly yeah, with the yeah, tricksters yeah. thing here we've got one here she suffered a breakdown and party company with her husband so I mean she's, she's got problems are, um, we, are we meant to feel sorry for this woman or, or laugh I don't know what is the appropriate action I mean obviously it's terrible that she's been taken for a ride like this Paul what are you doing are you laughing or feeling sorry I'm feeling sorry really yeah I think so I mean people you know can can take you know, people are trusting and therefore if they make the mistakes you should feel sorry for them imagine being so desperate for a quick bit of joy in your life that you fall for this that you're happy to believe it even when you've been given evidence time and time again that it's not going to well, happen. This is the thing. We, we, quite often we do um, stories about scams that are going on, and we've spoken to people who are victims of scams. If you're a victim of a scam once, 
more f- uh, more pity I pity the fool. If you're a victim, if you trick me once, I pity the fool. Hang on, is this if the Mr T rule? Trick me twice. No, more I fool pi- me, more fool you. I pity fool the fool. You. Yes. So trick me once. Shame on me. You. Shame on you. you. Trick me twice. Shame on me. P- trick me thrice. Pity the fool. You ain't getting on no plane. Sucker. This ain't no milk. said sucker. For the third time. Exactly. So that's, you know, that's the, that summed up. She thought she'd won a car worth oh, 67 grand. Then again, she was de- they demanded a transfer fee. She sent oh. them 20 quid. For heaven's I, sake. I, I pity the fool. Paul Skynes, you don't need to put your hand up. OK. Who's been caught speeding? I have. I have. Not me. OK. Me. Well, did you have an excuse? Yeah, I, was, I wanted to get somewhere quicker. Right, well... How about saying that you're a spy? Oh, <laughs> I like it. That one. I like it. According to the Times, spies are to be allowed to break speed limits, <laughs> according to the Transport Minister, Robert Goodwin. Goodwin sorry. Uh, he's to grant them the same exemption as police, fire and ambulance drivers, and they can exceed, uh, exceed the speed limit once they've been trained in high-speed driving. But how, how are the police going to know... Or how's the, the speed camera going to know that they're spies? Well, don't they? Don't um, spies have secret ID that if a policeman stops them, they can go, yeah, so, yeah mate, have a look at this. I'm, well, how I'm long is it going to take for then us to work out what that is? And, what if you're and caught in a compromising position and the person you're spying on goes for your lapel badge and They get knows. poisoned. They get poisoned then. Oh, right, that's the rule. By siren. Yeah, they all get umbrellas. Yeah. Yeah. Splash. Mm. Not doing very well, is it? Now, there's, there's, uh, they've been talking about Penny Mordaunt. Penny Mordaunt, uh, once ranked Britain's sexiest MP. Well, th- finally, I've seen a picture of her. Flip it. Really? Really? No one looks good in a swimsuit. Well, no. I know, but I mean... I, I think d- she's an attractive woman. I mean, the, the field is narrow in the House of Commons, let's be fair. Well, she... Um, <laughs> uh, I just see the person, to be honest. OK. She uh, is, is diving on Splash. Splash, Paul, you, you were telling us earlier, doing very, very poorly in the ratings. Indeed. It has uh, slipped, fallen, if you like. Di- it's nosedived. Nosedived. Yeah. Yeah. Belly flopped. Uh, to three point, nosedived. Mm, 3.7 million viewers, according to Overnight. So it went Bombed. Up, <laughs> went up against The Voice. It's inappropriate. Uh, 8.4 million. Uh, the Voice managed to put in with Kylie as the new celebrity judge. By the way, did you see her perving all over that poor chap? No. Not that he was complaining. Well, uh, well, hang on, poor chap. I, what do you mean, poor chap? She was. Well, I felt sorry for him because he was in the streets and he wanted to not be the sidekick. And the first thing someone said was, "Oh, you're out in the streets. You were with Mike Skinner." <laughs> oh, I used to go. To I used to go to the same Saturday morning children's entertainment as Michael Skinner of the streets, target audience, um, and uh, he looked like he really loved his daughter. Well, he probably did. Oh, you went there well, as a dad, not yep. as a kid. You didn't go there as children. He's not that old. What? <clears throat> He's. It... Oh, you weren't both children at the time. Is what no, that's what I'm trying to say. We were both dads. Right. I'm a big celebrity. He's a former pop star. We were big in the noughties. He was big in the noughties. Exactly. Is that a special club? Is it's that... a little. What have you got, Catherine? Heated foot massager, only twenty four ninety nine. I quite fancy one of these. It's fifteen no, pounds off. You can't do adverts from the newspapers. For it's good the big sakes. slipper. I thought the big slipper was a myth, but you can get a big slipper now that massages your feet while you're in it. My mum used to have a big slipper with a massager. It didn't have a massager. It heated it's up. It's like the iPhone four it, of slippers. It, it heated up. <laughs> uh, finally, happy days. We all like a bit of happy days. Yeah. Fonz- Oh, yeah. Well, there's the, the Daily Mail have done, has done one of those things where it catches up with the stars of Happy Days. I don't quite know why. 
40 years after the first ever broadcast, that's why. Oh, that's good. Where's Ralph Mouth? <laughs> well, Ralph Mouth. Uh, most uh, he played a goofy practical joker in Happy Days, but never hit the same heights after the show's run ended. A spin-off with Anson Williams, that's Potsy Webber, never materialised. Uh, he's been in Baywatch, Glee, The Love Boat, and Star Trek Voyager. The 62-year-old lives in California with his wife and two children. I would suggest he's done all right considering. Al, guess how old Al is now? Who ran the diner? Ran Ooh, the diner? Oh, ancient, eighty-six. Uh, yeah. Higher, ninety. Wow. Ninety-four, Paul Scott. He's ninety-four <clears throat> years old, um, and uh, 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 Joni Cunningham, of course, ended up as trailer trash. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, in real life. Yeah. In 2012, it was claimed that uh, Joni had fallen on hard times, separated from her husband, Chachi. Uh, faced she eviction. Chachi. She wasn't married to Chachi in real life. She was married to Chachi. She wasn't married to Chachi. They split up uh, and faced eviction from the Indiana trailer park where she lived. What happened oh. to Chachi? Did he remove the Scott, bandana from Scott, his leg? Scott Bial. Bio. Bio. He's, well, he was in Diagnosis Murder a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And he was Charles in Charge. He was. And Bugsy Malone. But he was in Bugsy Malone first. Uh, well, Paul, thanks ever so much. Mm. That's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I mean, I didn't really... I, I mean, you just kind of wandered in and... Uh, well... I technically, I mean... No, it was good to see him, wasn't it? Well, it was good to see him earlier, yeah, sure. Hmm. Well, I, you know, any time. No, just, just you're welcome. You no, know, well, any time. Technically, he's not. I mean, any time. Should we go to the travel? We'll talk about this off air. Okay, it's probably best. You shouldn't have come in. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Major problems on the M25 anti-clockwise, which is blocked between 23 for the A1M and 22 for St Albans. All traffic is being held there at the moment after an accident. It's also looking heavy between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the M1 southbound, things are slow going between 9 for Redbourne and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. And the A1M southbound, very slow between 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage because of an earlier collision. In public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. Some trains being cancelled and replaced by buses because of a broken down train. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.46, Monday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are angered that a housing development's been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. HS2 is accused of giving misleading information of the environmental impact of the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire. In football, a 2-0 win over Newcastle has taken Manchester City to the top of the Premier League. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, coming up, well, find out what's coming up after the weather with Kate. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you. Good morning. Well, we've got some sunshine around today. It's quite a pleasant start to the new working week, actually. Some reasonable amounts of sunshine. We'll start to notice the showers arriving later on this afternoon, but in the meantime, we're looking at a maximum temperature of around 8 Celsius. Now, these showers moving in from the west will continue on their journey eastwards through the course of the night. Some of them could actually be quite heavy. It's falling on saturated ground, of course. There are still flood alerts and warnings in place, so we're watching it pretty closely just to see how much rain actually falls, and it's going to continue into tomorrow morning. Now the minimum temperature likely to remain above zero around two or three Celsius however if this rain moves a little quicker than anticipated we could get a late dip in temperature if it happens before dawn in which case the further west you are it's likely to be that little bit colder the further east it's likely to stay above zero so hopefully it's not looking too bad. Now these showers many of them around tomorrow morning particularly towards the west of the region eventually they'll clear out of the way behind it so 
some drier, brighter, but chillier weather. That's your forecast. Tomorrow night, we'll find out which of our local teams progress in the FA Cup. And the game bursts into life in the last five minutes. Bristol City 1, Watford 1. There's live third round replays as Watford hosts Bristol City and MK Dons entertain current holders Wigan. It was scrappy, but there was Bamford with his right foot. And it's Wigan 3, MK Dons 3. Plus Stevenage are in league action at home to Swindon. And Stevenage has got that two-goal lead now. Choose which game you want to listen to with Three Counties Sports. Tomorrow night from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So exciting news, exciting news, exciting news. The Kinks... The three remaining original members of the Kinks may be getting back together. Are you excited, Kelly Betts? I actually am. Thank you, you I see. I saw Ray Davis. Um, is it Ray Davis? Ron yeah. Davis. Ray Davis. Ron Davis. Ron, Ron, Ron Davis. I saw him at Hop Farm Festival and he was brilliant. If, if the Kinks do a gig, would you go with me? Yeah. Oh, not with you. Uh, sorry? I, I would go. I would go, but not with you. Can't we go together? Mm. Maybe we could travel together, but as soon as we get in... In other words, can I'm, I give you, you want me to give you a lift? Yes, please. But then you're going to go to a separate section? Yeah. Kath, do you want to come and see the Kings with me? I'm going with She's Kelly. She's coming with me. Flippin' heck. Very ex- Am I the only person in the world excited that the Kinks will be getting back together? How cool is that? Seriously, how cool is that? It'd be awesome! I saw the Kinks years ago when I was 15, so what's that, 25 years ago at Alexandra Palace, and it was superb. Superb! Well, I'm certainly going. 
Justin Daly, are you there? Yes, hello, boss. You, you well? Yeah, I'm fine. Do you want to come and see the Kinks with me? Oh, please. That would be wonderful. Do, do, Kelly and Catherine won't come with me. Why? I don't, well, I don't know. Uh, Justin, we're... why don't you come with us? No, I want to go with the boss, the big man. You what? see? Justin. The big cheese. Why yeah. don't you come with us? No, I want to go with the big cheese. Seriously, we're going to go with the young people down the front. That's OK. I've got some good seats at the back. <laughs> I won't talk too much. Can we kiss and cuddle in the back row then, Ian? Is I that what you're slap. saying? Oh, Ian, yeah. do you want to come with us? Justin, do you want to go with uh, Kelly and Catherine? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, OK. Anyway, Justin, the reason we got you on, overrunning ro- roadworks. We've been talking about this story for so much. Overrunning roadworks that were suspended in Hemel Hempstead Old Town over Christmas have resumed. Businesses say the £1.1 million scheme to install a one-way system has been killing their trade. Well, you've been uh, in Hemel uh, quite a few times over the past few months, mm. haven't you, Justin? What's, just give us a quick recap on the story and what's the latest? Well, the story has caused so much anger with the traders. I mean, the roadworks, they started back in June of last year. Uh, They were meant to be completed by mid-November at the very latest. That wasn't the case. So the council and the contractor, what they did, they then agreed to remove the roadworks in December to enable the traders to to try and make some money over the Christmas period. Uh, Well, the roadworks are now back and this time we believe the work is due to finish in March. I mean, effectively, Ian, uh, the famous old high street there has become a building site so people are avoiding the area and the traders, they are losing thousands of pounds. I've been talking to Michael Porter. He's from Jordan's Antiques. Now, to say that he's furious is an absolute understatement. Here's what he had to say about the ongoing situation which could force him to lose his business. Well, Michael, you've been here for, for eight years. Outside your shop, our listeners can hear the roadworks again, uh, which are back. How is your trade? Absolute rubbish. In December last year... Um, December uh, 2012, rather, we took over £7,000. This time we did 2100 And that, of course, was in December where they said we're going to lift the roadworks to enable you to carry on. So yeah. even despite that, you, you were still way down. I'm, 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 I rely on people renting space to keep the shop open. I'm losing dealers. Um, I've got less people in the shop than there ever has been. People just aren't selling. The council could not care less. They they come along with platitudes and and say, oh, you've got to keep make sure that people can park their cars behind that. I couldn't care less about people parking their cars behind the house. We want the road so people can stop. It's going to go on for months. You say months. The roadworks have started again. So when are they likely to finish? The original plan was June till October. They quickly moved it to from June till November. They then said the road was going to be clear for December. What it hell? It was clear for three days, and they put the barriers back. Um, because of safety and security. The, the council are locked away in their offices. They couldn't give a toss about anybody. I'm convinced they've got a hidden agenda. They want everybody out of the high street so they can put their mates in here. Let's just move into the shop because uh, the roadworks are yeah. so, so loud. That's the problem. The, the, the people yeah. think, effectively, this famous old high street yeah. is closed for business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, people can't get up here. They, the road's constantly blocked. They're doing digging a bit here, a bit there. There's no... There doesn't seem to be any project manager at all. Um, you can see outside my shop, I've still got a patch of tarmac where they have yet to get the drain covers. Yeah, it's absolutely ludicrous. Does the council say to us that when these roadworks are completed, the high street will be absolutely fantastic. It will encourage more business to come your way. Would you go along with that? No, I don't, because once people realise they can go elsewhere to either get their hair done, a restaurant somewhere else, other antique shops, whatever, they'll go there because they've found somewhere else to go. They won't come back. 
how close are you? I know it's a, a very personal question, but but how close are you now to to actually shutting down? I have no idea. I mean, it depends. Yeah, whether I can whether the people who are selling in the shop who are paying me rent can continue. I mean, I'm finding it very very difficult. I was making a, a realistic um, income for myself, but now. Most of my income is going on keeping the shop open. I mean, surely you've spoken to the council about this. How have they responded? The council couldn't care less. They've got their own hidden and secret agenda, which whatever they do, whatever they, they want to do, they are the council. We are just the scum who give them their our council, council rates or whatever. And they're just laughing at us behind closed doors. But what do you think this hidden agenda is? Do you think secretly they want this high street closed then? They, 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 they've got all their mates who are going to come in here and, and run, shop, run their own businesses. I'm convinced of it. You think that's what the agenda yeah, I'm is? I'm sure they are, yeah. And I've reached a stage with the council that I, I, I will have no further contact with them. The business has been built up over more than 14 years, and, and this so-called regeneration is not a regeneration, it's a b- crucifixion. He's not very happy, is he, Just? No, to say he's not happy is an understatement. But again, you know, he, he's not alone. Every single trader that we have spoken to in the old town in Hemel, they are absolutely furious about this because they could lose their business. It's as simple as that. The council has said it's a regeneration project and this will encourage more people to come here. Well, yes, that's in the future. These people are worried about now. And if this continues, again, if it overruns, there's every chance that High Street will look lovely but unfortunately it will have no business there because people would have lost their business by the time everything is completed oh eight four five nine four double five five double five you should take in that justin so can i send you out on something else a little bit later on if you don't mind yeah of course you can daily express page nine marriage is bliss without children childless couples have happier marriages uh, and th- th- this is i think primarily couples that have chosen not to have kids as opposed to the, those that, that want them but can't have them mm. uh, uh, it suggested people without children are more satisfied and more likely to feel valued in their relationships see i'm fascinated by this i would say and again it's just my my point of view here i would say that that most couples if they didn't have children wouldn't feel satisfied but again i should go out for you in and find out people uh, and what what they've got to say i can kind of understand this my boy's eldest is four today and i can kind of understand this once you have kids then your relationship is not the primary thing in that house the kids are Mm. so i miss watching tv programs i miss hanging out with my wife i miss having a good night's sleep uh, obviously, you get a lot from having kids. You get a spiritual richness that you, you can't even begin to imagine until you have them. I can sort of see where this is coming from, though. Well, I don't think I, I'm going to do very well on this, but I don't think you will either on the phones. I don't think I'm going to find many people this morning, many couples who, who have decided not to have children because they want to concentrate on themselves. I could be wrong, but, but that, that is certainly my view before I start talking to people. Just thank you very much. Uh, 08459 455 555. Did you decide not to have children? children because you wanted to spend more time with your partner work on your relationship my uh, i've got some uh, family friends who are in their 60s now and they made that decision and for most of the time they're very very happy they're slightly regretting it now slightly regretting it now that they haven't got grandkids and things like that oh wait four five nine four double five five double five here's alice travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio there are queues on the M25 anti-clockwise after an accident between 23 for the A1M and 22 for St Albans. All lanes have been reopened though. Also very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. 
On the M1 southbound, struggling between 9 for Redbourne and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. And the A1M southbound, still really looking slow on the sensors between 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage, following some accidents earlier. On public transport, London Midland have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. So did you make the decision not to have kids? Has it worked? Or do you regret it now? 08459 455 555. Here's Jane Killick with the news. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Campaigners angered at plans to build on open space in Luton. HS2 accused of being misleading over the impact on the environment. And Hemel Hempstead traders livid over continuing roadworks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some people in Luton say a vital asset for children is to be lost because a government inspector has decided it can be turned into a housing estate. Campaigners have been trying to protect the land behind Butley Road, but the council's been informed it can now press ahead with its plans. Mother and local resident Stephanie says the space brings the whole community together. All the kids, regardless of ethnicity, colour, where they're from, join in. Luton in Harmony happens on this field every year. In the snow, you'll find them all throwing snowballs at each other. This is our only space where we can be as a community. The government is stepping up its support for the controversial process of fracking for shale gas with new incentives for local authorities who allow it in their areas. Councils will be able to keep all the business rates generated by the drilling double the current rate of 50%. The French energy giant Total has also given fracking a boost. It's confirmed plans to invest about £30 million to help drill two exploratory wells in Lincolnshire. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. The Agnew reports. Experts say the Beckstein bat will be decimated if the railway line is built through Buckinghamshire. The Bat Conservation Trust has been monitoring the rare mammal at Sheephouse Wood, which is on the proposed route. The latest consultation comes to an end this week, but the Trust says information given to the public is shoddy, with affected areas badly surveyed or not surveyed at all. A survey of 100 employers has shown that they plan their biggest increase in graduate recruitment numbers for four years. The study, which looked at recruitment plans for both private and public sector organisations, found they plan to hire 8.7% more staff educated to degree level. A shopkeeper in the Hemel Hempstead is furious at council roadworks which remain outside his shop. There was respite for traders in the old town over December, but now the diggers are back. Michael Porter, who runs Jordan's Antiques, says he took over £2,000 for the month, compared with more than 7000 the year before. The council could not care less. They, they come along with platitudes and, and say, oh, you've got to keep make sure that people can park their cars behind that. I couldn't care less about people parking their cars behind the house. We want the road so people can stop. In tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have both been beaten on the opening day of the Australian Open in Melbourne. Robson lost 6-3, 6-love in only 50 minutes to the 18th seed Kristen Flipkins. Watson was beaten in three sets by Slovakia's Daniela Hantukova. The weather, a mostly dry and fine day with long sunny periods with some scattered showers later on, a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 
BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past seven. It's Monday the 13th of January. We've got a whole week ahead of us. Fantastic. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock, including open spaces are just developments waiting to happen these days. Are you bothered? We'll be talking to some residents who were bothered enough to try and turn their green space into a village green. They failed, and now the council's been given the go-ahead to, for it to be built on. The latest weapon in the fight against HS2 has been revealed. It's bats. Clutching at straws, aren't we? Bats. Are you bothered? Really? I don't get why bats are protected and why we need... What do they do? They flap around and they scare people. Imagine a bat flapping in your hair. Imagine a bat's nose in your mouth. It could happen. It could happen. As a survey reveals that couples who've chosen not to have kids are happier than couples with kids. I, I love my boys and I, I, I wouldn't change the, a single thing about them, but, 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 I can understand where this is coming from. Once you have kids, there's no time for you and your partner. Did you choose not to have kids? Glad you made that choice or regretting the decision now? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. On the subject of choosing not to have kids, it's Sally in Bedford. Morning, Sally. Good morning, Mr Lee. Sally, what happened to you? Um, Well, I just made um, a conscious decision basically not to have children why um they're just not for me really um (laughs) i have this terrible habit of when i hold children i just end up they look completely disheveled and their clothes are all over the place and they all start crying even though their parents say that they're the most calmest and easiest children and uh yes I, for a second there, I thought you were going to say when you hold them, you drop them. So that's, it's not quite as bad. No, 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 they do. They're still alive when I hand them Well, back. that's always a bonus, always a bonus. Yes. Uh, and uh, do, are you married? What did your hus- husband think about this? Was he, um, did he well, support the decision? Um, I'm currently getting divorced because my Ouch. husband wanted children. Ah, I see. Did you not have that conversation before you got married? We did. Uh, and there was a period of time when I thought, yes, children are the right thing. Um, but every time I sort of, you know, thought about holding the baby and doing all the things that you have to do with children, it just, just, I just couldn't see myself doing it. So he, um, and he thinks maybe that you married on false pretenses, perhaps? Um, no, not necessarily at the beginning. No. I think, you know, that, that was just sort of one of the things that we talked about. And at the time I thought, yes, you know, children are for me. But then the more I thought about it... Um, and we both had very good careers that we were focusing on, and then it got to the point where we're thinking, okay, it's children now the time to do it, and and that's the point I sort of went, not for me. Really. It's interesting. It's you that made that decision because I kind of we're always led to believe that the woman has this this maternal instinct that's stronger than the p- paternal instinct, and, and that you know you, women are programmed to want to have babies. Well, if it you know if it's meant to kick in, it hasn't done it yet. Can I ask how old you are, Sally? Um, I'm in my early 40s. Okay, okay. 
Do you think... Oh, it's, it's almost impossible to answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, are you worried that maybe, uh, you know, sort of in 20 years' time, you'll look back and regret your decision? I guess from the perspective that, um, and this is a purely selfish reason, that there'll be nobody to look after me when I kind of, you know, hit my retirement, etc., etc. But... Um, obviously getting divorced now I'm thinking you know I'll probably end up marrying somebody else and the chances are they're likely to have children from a previous relationship I can't imagine that you know I'll marry somebody who's been of the same mindset as me Um, and so I'll happily take on their children because all the hard work would have been done Uh, they'll probably be teenagers or in their 20s um, and they've sort of become my, you know, adoptive family, no. as it were. Sally, I really appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. Fascinating. Fascinating. Isn't it? What do you think? Oh, that split their marriage apart. But what do you think? Have you decided not to have kids? Has it made your marriage stronger? Or, or in the case of Sally there, made things worse? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Now, we've had an argument that it'll spoil the view, decimate house prices and up root families. But there's a cuter, fuzzier weapon in the fight against HS2. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Bextein's bat. The species is considered vulnerable. It's protected by the European Habitats Directive and there's a colony living along the proposed high-speed rail route, which is why my next guest is urging the government to reconsider. Dr Carol Williams is the Director of Conservation at the Bat Conservation Trust. Morning, Carol. Good morning, Ian. Bextein or Bextein? Bextein. Bextein. What's so special about Bextein's bats? Well, the Bextein's bat is actually one of our rarest mammals in this country. It's only found in southern England and South Wales. And in fact, much the same can be said for in Western Europe, where it's one of the rarest bats across all of that range and has a population decrease in most of its of those countries and is endangered in, in most of them too. So it's a species that is in very short supply. Now, all bats rely on woodland to some extent, but the thing with Bechstein's bat is it's actually very important for this particular species to have a network of woodlands in which so it's able to survive. This is general across its, name, uh, its range. It's a, a woodland obligate, really. Now, that should make us feel fairly confident in a way because the government's forestry and woodland policy out a, a year ago very much supported as an objective to improve and restore our native and ancient woodlands and uh, had a commitment to our Keepers of Time policy, which is all about ancient woodland and says, you know, that existing areas of ancient woodland should be maintained and that rare, threatened or priority species associated with those woodlands should be conserved and enhanced. And Bechstein's bat certainly falls into those categories. So where exactly on the route are these, these bats then? They're, they're in a, a range of areas. If you look at the route and you think about where all of the woodland blocks are with the associated small meadows and hedgerows with, with trees, usually that's the sort of area that it uses. And in fact, Burnwood Forest, which is a whole a range of woodlands within the remnants of the uh, original Burnwood Forest, is a particularly important area. And in fact, we only came to know about it. I mean, we knew they were there in small numbers, but this is a species of bat that's not easy to survey for. You can imagine it is very much found within interiors of woodland. Its echolocation call is actually very quiet. And to top it off, uh, or it sounds also like some other bat species in that same genus of of species, so it's not easy to differentiate. And then to top it all off, it does tend to forage up in the canopy of the trees. So uh, back in 
2007, between then and 2010, the Bat Conservation Trust actually specially trained and used equipment to go out across its expected range to look out for and to discover a bit more about the locations of Beckstein's bat. Um, we're absolutely delighted when in North Bucks it was found that uh, rather than what we thought might be a, a small, a low level of population there, that in fact colonies were found both sides of the planned route of the HS2. So, yes, we, we discovered that there, and of course, uh, rather more work has been done radio tracking since that time. So we certainly know they're there on the route, uh, particularly in that Burnwood Forest area. Why should we be bothered about bats? Because they don't really do anything, do they? They're just a bit creepy. That, that, uh, it's funny, that used to be this all, a long time ago, actually. Now people are very wise to the fact that our bats are indicators of the health of our environment. If you what? think about it, they're out there using a network of habitats. They're eating insects. I see them very much in a way, if you like, doing the job of, of swifts and swallows of the night. So they do keep things in balance. They do thrive where our countryside is healthy. So if you have uh, woodland, there couldn't be more closely associated species of bat than Beckstein's bat with our woodlands. So if you want to look at the health and the connectivity and the amount of woodlands we've got, then looking at how Beckstein's bat is doing is a pretty good idea of that. And as I say, of course, across all of Europe, they are endangered across a lot of their range. The same goes for in this country where that commitment to preserve and conserve and uh, protect our remaining woodland, and ancient woodland in particular, is very much closely associated with that size bat, but also a whole range, a whole range of other species. Aren't they just a nuisance, though? Because we hear so many stories. I mean, the, the HS2 could be scuppered because of it, but people who want to build in a barn or knock a barn down and they can't because there are five bats in there, they're a pain, aren't they? Absolutely not. What tends to happen, the times it tends to go wrong, is where the process that's out there, there's a process that's out there that is, is logical and is stepwise and allows people... I mean, the Bat Conservation Trust is all about people and bats living in harmony. You can't just look at bats. You have to look at the world that we all share, and it's entirely possible. Uh, what we are taking great strides towards, I hope now, us and other conservation bodies in general, is that if the proper processes are followed at the correct way, at the correct time, for the vast majority of time, it's perfectly possible to accommodate human needs and bat needs. And don't forget, as I say, bats are an indicator of our wider uh, health of our countryside and our wildlife. It's perfectly possible to accommodate both things. The times we tend to hear about it is where these things are considered at the right stage and then are found out later on during a process. And then it's difficult to backtrack and, and bring that into the place it should be. Carol, we have to end it there out of time. Thank you very much, Dr Carol Williams, Director of Conservation at the Bat Conservation Trust. Bats could scupper HS2. What's that I can hear? Is it, is, it, is it the sound of straws being clutched at by some desperate people desperately trying to stop HS2 being built? Now, we've posted on Facebook, Bats, are you bothered? Normally, when we post a question on Facebook, we get shed loads of answers and replies. Even if it's abuse, saying they're, they're turning me off and they're listening to something else. Facebook today? Nish, nada, nothing. It would appear, it would appear that none of you are bothered 
by bats. Can one of you, just a casual listener, obviously Dr Williams there is the Director of Conservation at the Bat Conservation Trust. She's going to be in favour of bats, that goes without saying. You, Joe Public, punter, man-stroke woman on the Clapham Omnibus, are you bothered about bats? Or like me, do you think they are a massive nuisance? Rats with wings, aren't they? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, one lane is blocked at Junction 11 for Dunstable. There are queues on the approach to Junction 12 for Flittick after an accident. Also slow between 9 for Redbourne and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise still queuing after an accident between 23 for the A1M and 22 for St Albans. And the A1M southbound slow going between 9 for Letchworth now, down to 7 for Stevenage. On public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley because of a broken down train. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 7.16, it's Monday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners angered a housing development's been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. Campaigners are angered that a housing development's been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. There we go. HS2 is accused of giving misleading information of the environmental impact of the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire. And in tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have both been knocked out of the Australian Open. The weather today, fine and dry this morning, with showers arriving, uh, arriving, arriving. <laughs> what mental. Arriving late this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. This morning, one man returns <laughs> Sheila, it's a photo of Angela Merkel. <laughs> Jonathan Vernon Smith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back this morning from nine on BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. I'd invite me to a party, Jess, wouldn't you? <laughs> Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Talking about a story that's in the, the mail today, it's in a few of the papers. Marriage is bliss without children. Childless couples have happier marriages, a study has found. It suggests people without children are more satisfied and more likely to feel valued in their relationships. Now, I don't know if I'd agree with the satisfaction. Having, bo- having my kids, it's very satisfying, isn't it, Catherine? Yes. Watching them grow up and watching them learn and... Also, for, for us as a couple, we got to a stage where... Not me and you. Not yeah. You and your husband. We got to a stage where there was something missing, so I guess that's a lack of satisfaction, oh. isn't it? Well, we wanted children. Yeah. Well, I wanted children more. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He throws oh. it up at me now and again. Really? He wanted them. Well, I don't think... Mm, a lot of men just like it the way it is. Well, let, let's be honest. There's less nooky when you got kids. Yeah. There's 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 less. It's all at the start. It's all full of it. Oh, there's kids. Oh no no. Oh, can't, oh no, I can't. Can't be bothered. No. Yep. What's nooky? Sorry. What's nooky? Bit of crumpet. Wah. Hey. Bit of crumpet. Bit of nooky. Wah. Hey. I don't know what you're saying. Crumpet nooky. How's your father? He's all right, actually. How's yours? Bonking. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen. No. The old heave ho. Wow, the ugly heave ho! Is that heave ho? Is that what we're calling it now? I'll draw you a picture. Thanks, Mum. Okay. 
but I can understand. I can understand. Yes, it's that. Oh dear. I can. I can kind of understand it. We spoke to a, a caller earlier on. Was it Sally? Yes. Sally earlier on, who um, had made. The, she, well, she didn't want kids, and it split her marriage up. We've had a text um, from uh, Nick regarding uh, Sally's call. Ref Sally. She sounds a lovely lady. Capital letters for each. The fact she doesn't have a maternal instinct isn't an issue. I'm divorced and would like to meet her, says Nick. The fact that he's a lovely lady, capital letters, and ref Sally. He's, ref- he's used her as a reference. Reference used bicycle. Sally, if uh, you're interested, you, you get in touch and we can put you in touch with Nick and we can, uh, we can see what happens there. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you'd like to give us a call. Have you made the decision not to have kids as a couple? Are you enjoying that decision? Are you agreeing with that decision? Or as you're getting older, are you kind of thinking, oh, man, I, w- I wish we'd had kids. I wish we'd had kids. 08459 555 is the phone number. Dennis is, on, uh, Dennis is on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Dennis in Dunstable. Yes, that's right. I get the right one because D- you conned me. There was somebody from Luton called Dennis. Dennis in Luton? He hasn't called in. No, uh, no, because that was a con trick. Sorry? You tried to con me. What do you mean? You... Listen, Justin what? told me, Justin told me it was a con trick. I've got literally no idea what you're talking about, Dennis. Well, ask, ask, ask Justin. J- Justin and I don't speak to each other. Well, that's why. Well, exactly. Now then, these people who say they can't, they can't get any nooky because they've got kids, that's rubbish. All you need is a tin of Vaseline. Oh, I know, I know, the, I know, I don't worry, it's safe, I know where we're going. And how does that help, Dennis? You put it on the doorknob and they can't open the door. Hey, you see, it, we're in safe, um, <laughs> if uh, slightly unfunny hands with Dennis in Dunstable. Do people, people don't say nookie anymore. I, I'm, we're getting blank looks from Kelly Betts. Yeah, well, you see, there's too many rude words on television these days. Aren't they just, the, 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 you, that's a really good point. The subtle art of innuendo has died. It's, it's got... The carry-on films, that weren't funny, but the carry-on films... Who was the fella who used to... Um, not Dick Dastardly. Dickie Davis. Not Dickie Davis. Oh, I, oh, he's love, oh, I do like him, but he's nice. No, oh, he's nice. Dickie... Dickie uh, not Dickie Prever. Dick Don McIntitch. No. You, you think of one half of Man Through Man. Who am I thinking about, Dennis? Well, you are awful, but I like you. Yes. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Emery. Dick Emery. Dick Emery. Dick Emery and Les Dawson. They made an art out of the innuendo, didn't they, Dennis? Yeah, they did, yes. <clears throat> and dressed up as ladies as well. well. We've all done that at some point, haven't we? No, I've not. That was one thing I've never done. It's the one, th- it's the one thing you've I never know. done. You've done everything else. No, no, no. It's one of the things I've never done. Sorry, that was bad. That was very bad, Dennis. Yes. Well, listen, can, can you do a shout-out for Dennis in Luton and ask him to call in? Because we're worried that something may have happened. Dennis in L- Luton? Yes. Dennis in Luton, please pick up the phone and get onto this chap before he drives me up the wall. Dennis, thank you very much. Bye-bye. I'll go and read the telephone directory now. It's much more interesting. But... Thank you very much indeed. What a, ru- what a rude gentleman. But we love him, don't we? So we uh, in the last show before Christmas, Justin went and uh, met Dennis in Dunstable. It's a really nice moment. I don't, I don't often do nice moments on the radio, but it was a really nice moment. So Justin went and met him. And um, we put a picture up on Facebook. Normally, when you put something up on Facebook, there'll be a few sarky comments in there, a few rude comments, a few digs. There was nothing. It was all lovely about Dennis from Dunstable. 
It was it was heartwarming, wasn't it, Catherine? It really was, and I'm a cynical old thing. Don't you just dried up inside? But I do love Dennis. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Also, I should have asked Dennis if he's bothered by bats. That's him hanging up there. Uh, should we have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yeah, sure. Why? Why? Why not? Should we have a look at the front page of the newspapers, Catherine? Yes, let's. Yeah, I'll do that then. Mark, if you're listening. Mark Scheinman, our next guest. We're just waiting for you. Where are you? The Times, the seven-day diet for men, how to lose your paunch and five pounds in a week. I'm in. We talked about fatty diets the other week. I don't, I don't get fatty diets. I don't get them. This 5-2 diet that um, Paul Scoynes is on. I don't understand. It, it's a fad diet. Oh, yeah, but there was a, a Horizon programme about it, and they mentioned it on Live and Kicking, and uh, there's science behind it. It's, it's a faddy diet. This diet here, the seven-day diet plan. Breakfast, day one. Three small eggs scrambled with two handfuls of spinach mixed in while cooking. Large green apple. Um, here we go. A mug. What does this even mean? A mug of yerba mate. Yerba. Yerba mate. I'm out straight away. Lunch. Large sashimi box or superfood salad with hummus. I've had the superfood salad with hummus. That ain't going to satisfy nobody. And who's going to get sashimi? Where do we live? In this diet. Afternoon, small handful of mixed nuts. I can't eat nuts again after I was sick on Saturday. Oh dear, it was nuts that were coming up. Uh, dinner is a grilled steak, eight ounces, or soy marinated. Oh, for goodness sake. I could do do a grilled steak. Already I'm bored. You can have it. Already I'm bored. That's not going to sustain anybody. It's a faddy diet. The question you've got to ask is can I live on this forever? If not, it's a diet. Oh, look, see, Paul Scoynes has messaged me. It's not a diet, it's a strategy. (laughs) For goodness sakes. There we go. Britain's obesity crisis. Time for shock tactics. Again, the Times. Treat weight gain like smoking, doctors urged. Parents have lost their awareness of fatness. They have lost their awareness of fatness? As overweight children become the norm, experts warn today as they strive to avoid a doomsday scenario in which half the country is obese. Walk more, eat less. Simple. Let me do a couple more papers and I'll come to you in a second, Steve. Uh, the Independent. Race, hate, a crime the police will not solve. Fewer than two out of ten allegations are followed up by officers. Community leaders, ah, community leaders, say chief constables cannot tackle the problem. Let me just do uh, one more of these and then we'll um, go to Steve who's called in The Guardian. Oh, Frank Sidebottom's on the front page of The Guardian. Excellent stuff. There's a new, there's a new film about Frank Written by John Ronson. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. Revealed cash bonanza for Academy firms. And officer who shot Duggan can return to armed duty. 08459 455 555. Steve's in Redgrave. Steve, on the subject of bats, are you bothered? Uh, not really, but uh, we've got a tunnel that runs under the M1 near us. And about four years ago, they put 72 lamps in there for bats to um, hang to. And uh, now they've ripped them all out and put these little lights in the top of the roof. Hang on a minute. So they built they built a bat tunnel. They built this tunnel. It's a tunnel that runs under the M1. It weren't built. It was there for pedestrians to go through. Okay, but now they've made it bat friendly. Well, it was bat. It's supposed to be bat friendly originally. Why are we so Why are we so bothered about bats, Steve? Who Who cares? And listen, I'm all for animals, animal rights, all of these things. But really, who cares if if we lose a few bats? Well, I don't understand it myself, but then again, it don't worry me. I've picked them up off of, off of trees, like, you know. You're not allowed to do that. 
Why not? Well, they're, they're protected species. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Why would you pick a bat off a tree? Well, it was hanging out on a little oak tree down near us. It was hanging. I just picked it up and put it out a bit higher, that's all. So, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, did, what did it feel like? A little bit of fur, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, thank you very much indeed. William's not happy on um, uh, Facebook. And by the way, Carolyn, we know it's a fruit bat. Yes, we know. Thank you. William, I thought you might have changed over Christmas, grown up and become less patronising. Regards the bats, if this had been a colony of red squirrels, the plans for HS2 would be history. But no, these are a rare bat species, so they don't matter. Also, do you know that if you had bats in your attic at home, you would not be able to remove them without one hell of a fight? I do know that, Bill. And that's why I'm annoyed. I flip an eight bats. What's the point? What's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go around clubbing bats to death. I'm not saying that for a second. But why are they protected? Why are they a protected species? Why couldn't... If I had bats in my loft, why couldn't I get rid of them? And mark my words, if I had bats in my loft and I wanted them got rid of, gotten rid of, I would get rid of them. I would get rid of them. But I'm not going to not build an extension or, or, or convert my loft because of some flipping bats. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's patronise. I'm not patronising William. William, how, how dare you think that? I'm not patronising. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Bats, are you bothered? I don't think anybody is really. Although Carolyn says I, I'm bothered. I got a bat detector for Christmas. Is that real? Is that a real thing? I a think bat we can yes, because they emit sonic bips, blips. Do it. There we go, you see? 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane blocked at junction 11 for Dunstable. Queues on the approach going back to 12 for Flittick. The M40 northbound also queuing from the Denham roundabout to the M25. On the M25 itself, anti-clockwise has queues after an accident between 23 for the A1M and 22 for St Albans. And on public transport, London Midland have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley because of a broken down train. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Well, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to talk in a little bit about open spaces and about what's happening where um, a, a village green is not a village green and they can build on it. If Mark Scheiman from the Greens in Luton ever turns up, where are you supposed to be here t- 20 minutes ago? Where is he? He's in his car. Unbelievable. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. A government inspector has ruled that a piece of land in Luton that campaigners have been trying to protect from development can be turned into housing. The open space behind Butley Road next to the M1 is earmarked for 50 homes. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. The roadworks in Hemel Hempstead Old Town are back after a Christmas break for Christmas trade. Shopkeepers say they're continuing to lose money because of the workmen who started back in June. The weather, long sunny spells with some scattered showers late this afternoon and a high of 7 Celsius. 
And to sport and in tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have both been beaten on the opening day of the Australian Open in Melbourne. Robson lost 6-3, 6-love in only 50 minutes to the 18th seed Kristin Flipkins. Watson was beaten in three sets by Slovakia's Daniela Hantukova. England's women cricketers have taken a big step towards retaining the Ashes after beating Australia by 61 runs in the Test match in Perth, chasing 185 for victory. The home side were bowled out for 123. In the multi-format series, England now need to win two of the six limited overs games to retain the trophy. In football yesterday, Manchester City beat Newcastle 2-0 to go to the top of the Premier League. Liverpool are up to fourth after a 5-3 win at Stoke City. MK Dons manager Carl Robinson has praised lone striker Chris Long after he scored on his debut at the weekend. The Everton teenager played an important part in the 3-2 league win against Shrewsbury. Robinson was full of praise. I seen glimpses today of of a player. Uh, he's got uh, he moves like I don't know he's eleven, but he's got to move like the way Robbie Fowler used to move. He's he's got that look about him. He's got that bit of arrogance, so confidence, which I think you need to be a young player, and he's brave. Luton Town will be in today's draw for the fourth round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters drew to all at Cambridge on Saturday and replay tomorrow night. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this time last year, we heard that residents of Butley Road in Luton had been trying to stop the land behind their homes from being concreted over. Well, now a government inspector uh, says the council can give the open space to its preferred developer to turn it into a housing estate. The area, which residents had failed to get designated as a village green, lies next to the M1 north of Junction 11. Stephanie lives in the area. She's not happy with uh, the space earmarked in the development for children to play on. Uh, She says it's in the wrong place and will have a negative impact on their health. When we bought this house um, back in 1985, I rung the council to ask about this land. Um, Would it ever be developed on? And they assured me because of the proximity to the motorway and the poor air quality, there is no way this land would ever be built upon. They've backtracked on that. They now tell us that um, this year, apparently, there's going to be a lot less traffic on the M1. That's despite spending billions on widening. And that's despite the proposed A5 link road. We're going to have less traffic. Therefore, the air quality is going to be better. I'm actually a biologist and when I did my degree we checked the air quality. In our road we already have a higher than average rate of children with respiratory illness due to the PM10s coming from the motorway. These new houses are going to buffer us a little bit but actually the air quality that is in the land remaining is going to be even worse than it is now and yet apparently Luton Council say that's fine. DEFRA said it's all right, but DEFRA have backtracked and said that they underestimated the amount of air pollution that will be here, but Luton Council have chosen to ignore that point. It's just they ignore what they want um, because it's Labour controlled and it's Labour that want the building. Of course they're going to pass it. They can pass anything they want and nobody can do anything about it. And that's what makes us so angry. They don't listen to us. They don't listen to anyone in Luton. They do what they want because they have the power to do so. It is that old saying, ultimate power corrupts. Well, in the studio with me now is Mark Scheiman from the Greens in Luton. And on the phone, morning, Mark. And on the phone is Labour councillor Tom Shaw, who's in charge of housing at the council. Morning, Tom. 
Morning, Ian. Mark, we'll start with you first. What, what are your feelings about this? My feelings are that Luton ignores at its peril warnings about air quality. Uh, we have the highest early death rate due to air pollution in residents in Luton, closest to the nearest one is Watford that is close to us and by building close to motorways in areas that previously has been a borderline area and they've said they will not build on it before when Wimpy wanted to do it uh, now they do want to build on it and children need green space the schools Piriton Hill School is already got 439 pupils and will struggle to try and handle any further expansion of children into that neighborhood Tom you're killing people with this I've never heard such a load of rubbish in my life yeah was hang on Mark Mark let everyone else have a go the planners have looked at it the Department of Environment have looked at it uh, we actually had a public inquiry with an inspector looking at it and they've all come out and said we could build on there. Yeah, you had a public inquiry about the airport as well and that was uh, very unbalanced. Uh, lots of people spoke up against it and lots of people were ignored and it'll be the same with this, Tom, as it always is. Tom, is there... Uh, did, Mark mentioned schools there. Are, are the schools going to be able to cope with more people? Yes. The real Pernil School. Let's get some facts on paper at the moment. Mark's gone about the alpha people what uh, may be living there. We've got, at the moment, over 900 people living in unsuitable accommodation. So in the private rented sector, we've got 30 people in bed and breakfast, all with families, with kids. Now, there is nothing worse for them families. The kids will be changing their schools every six months. Uh, ill health, damp properties, the whole lot. I had two more at my surgery, two repossessions came to my surgery Saturday morning. We've got people in Watford now, we've got people in Enfield, we've got people in Milton Keynes. All those kids deserve a decent education and decent housing. How many of these oh, houses... Oh, hold me, hang on, Mark, you had your... This, is, no, this, is, this is Ian, this is Ian, don't worry. I'm just right, wondering, sorry. Tom, and that's OK. I, I was wondering how many of these house, new houses that are going to be built are going to be social housing? Right, what you've got is part of three sites... So all three sites are linked together for the finances of it. On, Butley, on Ickley Quells, it's not Butley Road, Ickley Quells, there's 13 for rent, 10 for shared ownership, and there's 33 for sale. All the people in all of them, the rent, the shared ownership and the sale, will be coming off the council list. And you can guarantee that these homes will be used for tenants and they won't be sold off for private profit? Uh, I wish I could guarantee that on every ah. single council house up and down the country, but you know and I know... One of the biggest problems we've got at the moment is houses what were bought under the right to buy, sold onto private landlords and being rented out now. Mark, Tom makes a good point, doesn't it? That there is a shortage of housing in Luton. There is a massive shortage of housing, but this is yet again Luton Borough Council picking at the easy-to-grab low fruit. It does nothing about sites like Power Court and places that need serious uh, decontamination and could put people in the heart of Luton and not right on the edge of a very polluted motorway. Tom, wh wh why aren't you going well, for places like... Uh, uh, Mark, Mark, it's Mark's old argument. First of all, let's go through the sites now. It's the first time we've been able to do it. Napier Park has now got its planning permission. Originally, the original planning permission, we had 90 houses on Napier Park while we're going to be social. The new plan has only given us 30. The Dillall has now got its planning permission, and that's all social housing. And the last big brownfield site, the one just Mark Power Court, is 
on the verge of a planning application coming in, but as you know, the new road is going across the back of it now. So what's the then, planning application for Power Cup? Because we've, had lo- we, we've no, talked about that before. What, what's going to be yeah, built there? Houses? Uh, flats and uh, commercial. And, and when can we expect that project to start? Uh, when, the, when the people who own it and have paid millions and millions of pounds for it, finally uh, finish their negotiations on the planning, com- uh, planning application. I hope it comes pretty quick because I will get some more flats on it. Maybe only 30 or 40, but I'll get some more for looting people. And huh? how, how much, what good value did you get selling Ignil Court? We never sold Ignil Court. It's not Ignil Court, it's Ickley Court. Ickley Court, and we didn't yep. sell it, we gave it away. Now, people, you, know, you can't know. afford to give things away, Tom. Oh, yeah, what do you mean we can't afford to give things? If we don't give it away, we don't get the houses. People will We're be surprised. For no money, for no money at all, yep. or across all those schemes... We're getting 65 properties for rent and 45 for shared ownership. Tom, people will, listen to this, will be surprised that you gave the land away to developers. We don't give, yeah, on paper you're giving it away. What you are doing is you're taking houses in exchange for giving the land away. So, like I say, across all three schemes, we get 65 outright rent where we get 100% nominations to. The builders aren't going to build them for nothing. What we've done, we've put the land in, and housing association put some money in as well, cash. The builders build them out, and then we get the nominations into so the So how properties. much money do you think you've saved by giving this land away in exchange for these properties? Somewhere between six and a half and seven and a half million. That's what it would cost to build them, that number of properties. That's got to be worth it, hasn't it, Mark? Do you think the residents there would judge it to be good value when they've lost uh, their no, green but, space? Uh, just... 12 months ago, 150 yards from my own front door, I used to walk on with my dogs. I had to build on that. The housing need in Luton is so so bad now that I, what I'll say is the other local politicians around the area and the MPs need to get sat down around the table talking seriously about where we're going to build it. Because in 18 months' time, when power court's gone, Napier Park's gone, we'll have nothing left. And where it's is not the just... land now? What we've got a CPO which is in five or six ownerships, and it's going to cost us a small fortune. Mark, let me come in here. Mark, don't we just have to accept that there is a housing shortage, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and that sometimes we are going to have to build on land that perhaps we'd rather not build on? That is the case, but it's not just the quantity of land that we build on, it's the quality of what we leave behind. And in a town like Luton, which desperately struggles, and the area around there has great need of housing, and the people that are already there have great need of green open space. And when you can't afford to take them to the latest luxury, take your kids there, going to a, a bit of open field, a bit of a playground, I would love to see Tom try and compensate the residents elsewhere in that community and give them a bit of parkland somewhere else. Is, is that an option, Tom? It, it, is uh, about quality of, it is about quality of life, isn't it? Yes, I couldn't agree 100% more. If in a perfect world, we wouldn't even be looking at these sites. But Mark's got it wrong yet again, because half of that open space is staying. I don't, know where he's, uh, I don't know whether he's ever seen the planning application or not, but everything he's saying so far is near enough wrong. It's half of that space little bits physically it's half of that space but that's only the little bits of green space around the large development that's going there it's not going to be somewhere that people have public access to walk on and go to have you ever been on that well then yes i have i'm taking my son back to school at lee grave primary this morning you've got got all the space around uh well centre and just under the bridge you're on all the green space on lucy park 
Uh, Tom, listen, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's Tom Shaw, uh, Labour councillor in charge of housing at Luton. Uh, Mark, quick, very quickly before you go, we're talking about HS2. We're talking about bats. Bats could be scuppering the plans for HS2. Now, you're, you're, you're a member of the Green Party. Yeah. You're probably for bats, aren't you? I'm very much for what bats. What do they do? What's the, what's the point of bats? Who cares about bats? Bats collect lots of insects. Oh. They indicate a healthy environment and... If you have local bat communities, then the world is right and better. Aren't they a nuisance, though? Because if there were bats, there aren't bats in my loft, I hope not. But if there were bats in my loft and I wanted to, to build a loft conversion, I couldn't do it because of these bats. If, if a farmer's got bats in his barn, he can't knock the barn down. That, that's because, unlike Tom Shaw, the world recognises the value and quality of these creatures as an indicator of our standard of life. Mark, nice to talk to you. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate your time this morning. You can take your boy to school now. I think Kelly Betts has been keeping him well entertained next door. Uh, That's Mark Scheinman from the Greens in Luton. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on both of those stories. Are we are we in danger of losing all of our little bits of green land? Could, Could we be in terrible trouble? Do we need them? Do they really make a difference to the quality of life? Have you got a bit of green near you? Do you use it? Is it just for going and walking the dogs? And also bats. We're talking about bats this morning because of the HS2. I don't... I mean, I knew Mark would be for bats. You could tell. Uh, but I'm not... I don't really... I don't get it. I don't get them. Why are we so excited about bats? What has that got to do with anything? Really? We had a, a text in. Where's this from Jen of House and Regis? I thought Jen was, uh, was, was a fan of mine. Turns out she's not. If bats can stop the HS2, then good luck to them. You must be batty. Yes. To be bothered by them. They aren't as irritating as your programme, says Jen of Houghton Regis, who listens every single day. So that makes me sad, but then it makes me happy. Um, Let's do... uh, You really are a fool. Oh, gosh, Keith. You bark on about how everyone is a useless parent if we don't follow your values. I don't know if I do, but yes, that's probably right. Maybe one of your children might want to see a bat one day. Uh, duh, we've got YouTube. People like yourself clearly are useless on looking after life. What happens when they're all gone? Well, nothing will happen when all of the bats are gone. That's the thing. We'll stand up and admit, we'll stand up and admit that you couldn't care less. I don't care about bats, Keith. Seriously, there are more important things to worry about. Hey, guess what, Keith? There are children starving in this world, in this country. I care about that a bit more than bats. West Midland Safari Park has a bat cave that you can go in and they have fruit bats flying around your head. I could easily spend all day in there. Also, my dad used to be part of North Bucks Bat Group when I was a kid and we had injured ones. We had to nurse back to health with mealworms, says Chris in Milton Keynes. Give me strength. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound, all lanes have reopened at Junction 11 for Dunstable and traffic has eased. The M40 northbound still queuing though from the Denham roundabout to the M25. The M25 itself stops start anti-clockwise between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Clophill, the A6 southbound, very slow approaching the roundabout at the A507. And on public transport, London Midland have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 
7.46, Monday the 13th of January. I'm in Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are angry that a housing development's been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. Traders in the Hemel Hempstead Old Town are accusing the council of not caring about overrunning roadworks which are affecting their trade. In football, a 2-0 win over Newcastle has taken Manchester City to the top of the Premier League. Oh, I bet they're really happy with that. It's really good news. Coming up, we'll be taking more of your calls and also talking about Hemel Old Town and the roadworks that are back. But before that, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a nice start to the new working week. We've got some blue sky and sunshine. We'll be able to see that once the sun rises. And it's going to be quite bright, really, through much of the day. It's as we head through the latter part of the afternoon, we'll start to notice the cloud arriving from the west. But in the meantime, we're looking at a maximum temperature today of 8, maybe 9 Celsius. Now, this cloud continues on its journey this evening. Really wants a sunset switch is um, just after 4 o'clock this afternoon. So quite soon after that, we'll notice the rain arrive as well. Now, some of these showers potentially quite heavy and they're likely to last at least towards the eastern fringes of the three counties until tomorrow morning. For the western part, it may clear just before dawn. That's when we're going to get a temperature dip. We're looking at a minimum temperature of around 2 Celsius. Now, the further east you go, you're going to hang out onto the showers for longer into tomorrow morning. Eventually, they'll move through. They're behind it, drier, brighter, but the air is going to feel a lot chillier. That's your forecast. Thank you very much indeed. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Milton Keynes is smarter than your average city and the borough has now been named as one of the five places invited to a Smart Cities Forum. With the best local news stories. Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. With the best local talking points. An ordinary postman from Watford had a dream that one day that he would raise enough money to build the first free independent hospital in his hometown in Pakistan. After three years of campaigning, hard campaigning, Houghton Regis Leisure Centre Swimpool had been saved and would in fact be reopened. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Murphy on Facebook. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Horrible things, he says, talking about bats. Horrible things. And you're right, they are. And of course we shouldn't just kill horrible things. If we did, Justin Daly wouldn't be around for much longer. But, but... Bats serve no purpose. We can't stop progress because of bats. Salamanders is the other one as well. Whenever there's a building thing happening, the residents will always come on and talk about the salamanders because they're protected. Now, nobody cares about salamanders. Nobody cares about salamanders unless there's a chance that some gypsies might get a a permanent campsite built on their village green. Oh, no. Ah, hang on. Whoa, you can't do that. There's salamanders. Gypsies eat them. That's what it's like, isn't it? They were, no one cares about salamanders, no one cares about bats. I certainly don't. Anyway, let's uh, Voice of Youth, Kelly Betts. Yes. Do you care about bats? Yes. I think if you're saying what good do bats bring to us, you could say that about a lot of animals. Well, like, like, okay, name another animal. For example, animal. you could say that about swans. Swans are beautiful. Yeah, they bring, they are, people I've, think bats are beautiful. No, no they don't. They're, they're, no one thinks bats are beautiful. I think they're really cute. No, you don't. Swans, do. swans are beautiful. They yeah. are scientifically interesting. Uh, they also they help uh, keep the water clean, and they lay eggs. You're rubbish. Also, bats are cute. They're not, bats are not cute, for goodness sakes. They're awful things. Hideous. 
555. Now, overrunning roadworks that were suspended in Hemel Hempstead Old Town over Christmas have resumed. Businesses say the 1.1 million scheme to install a one-way system has been killing their trade. Justin Dealey has been following this story over the past few months. Justin, uh, tell me what people have been saying. Morning, boss. Well, uh, the traders uh, are still very, very angry and very bitter uh, about what's been happening. We've been following this story now for months. Uh, the roadwork started back in June of last year. Uh, meant to be completed by mid-November at the very latest. That wasn't the case. Uh, the council to then agreed to remove the roadworks in December to enable traders to try and make some money over the Christmas period. Well, those roadworks are now back. Uh, this time we believe they're going to be there until March. Effectively, uh, the famous old high street there has become a building site and people have been avoiding the area. I've been talking to Michael Porter. Uh, he's from Jordan's Antiques. He's absolutely furious. Here's what he has to say about the ongoing situation which could force him to close his business. I, I rely on people renting space to keep the shop open. I'm losing dealers. Um, I've got less people in the shop than there ever has been. People just aren't selling. The council are locked away in their offices. They couldn't give a toss about anybody. Let's just move into the shop because uh, the roadworks are yeah. so, so loud. That's the problem, that the, the people yeah. think, effectively, this famous old high street yeah. is closed for business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, people can't get up here. The, the road's constantly blocked. They're doing digging a bit here, a bit there. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any project manager at all. Um, you can see outside my shop, I've still got a patch of tarmac where they have yet to get the drain covers. Yeah, it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, surely you've spoken to the council about this. How have they responded? The council couldn't care less. They've got their own hidden and secret agenda, which whatever they do, whatever they, they want to do, they are the council. We are just the scum who give them their our council, council rates or whatever. And they're just laughing at us behind closed doors. But what do you think this hidden agenda is? Do you think secretly they want this high street closed then? They, 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 they've got all their mates who are going to come in here and, and run, run their own businesses. I'm convinced of it. You think that's what the agenda yeah, I'm is? I'm sure they are, yeah. And I've reached a stage with the council that I, I, I will have no further contact with them. The business has been built up over more than 14 years, and, the, and this so-called regeneration is not a regeneration, it's a b- crucifixion. Well, listening to that is uh, Terry Duris in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. Morning, Terry. Morning. Happy New Year, Ian. Uh, with, and you too. Now, you just heard there from Michael Porter from Jordan's Antiques. He says you're trying to kill the shop's trade so you can bring your mates in and they'll run their businesses. Well, I think the only expression that I could use is that I have never heard such arrogant nonsense in all my life. Um, there is absolutely no question of that. It's absolutely wrong what he is saying about... Um, uh, councillors and, and council officers being locked away in their offices. The very fact that I've been on and suffered the slings and brickbats, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say bats, um, oh, from Justin Dealey um, uh, previously says that I am always available to, to come and talk to you. I should also say that... But are you talking to the traders? Yes, we are, and we have actually started, and we started way before Christmas, when we, when we you and I last spoke, uh, regular Tuesday morning drop-in sessions at the Old Town Hall Cafe, which are starting again tomorrow from 8.30 to 9.30. And any and residents, traders, and anybody else who's interested can go along, if you like, the affected parties can go along and discuss with the members of the site team and the Coram Borough Council staff and, and, and engineers from Hertfordshire County Council their concerns. And the whole essence, if I may, the whole essence is to try and make this incredibly complicated project as 
easy as possible. You heard how angry Michael was, and we know other yeah. traders are angry. They're, they're angry, and they have lost money. His takings are down about five grand on what they were last year. Yep. Well, it, there is, it's always difficult, and I wouldn't like to spec, well, I wouldn't like to be categorical, but it is always difficult. We hear about the big stores like Morrison's, Marks and Spencer's, etc., whose, whose turnover and takings are also down during the, the Christmas period. And it may actually be just at the moment an, uh, a feature and a fact of life that uh, the high street oh, traders are done. Terry, come on. You you know that part of the problem has been those roadworks. And I know you stopped them over Christmas, yep. but they stopped pretty late, didn't they? they? They'd stopped well into the Christmas shopping season. They, they stopped in November. Um, the other thing to say also is that... But uh, do you not accept that that, that that played a part in these shops losing money? It has not been helpful, and, and there's one particular store that were, or one particular business that was especially affected. Can I also say that people who say... And I know that there's disruption, and, and I know it's an old line that you don't make omelettes without breaking eggs. This is going to look great, absolutely great, when the job is finished. It, it is going to, if you like, recreate a little bit of old town. But will any of the businesses still <coughs> be there? I am sure that they will be. I'm sure that they will be. There's a lot of work been done by Decorum Borough Council, by Hertfordshire County Council, to mitigate as much as possible a, a development or, or the impact of the development. It's not easy. It's a very old road. It's a road that we've kept open as much as we possibly could. All right. Let's ask. When is it going to be finished? The project is due to be finished mid to late March. There, there is work starting on the entrance at Queensway, and if we can get it finished beforehand, we will absolutely will. Can you guarantee um, that late March it will all be done, that's it, everything will be gone? You are always going to be a hostage to fortune if you absolutely guarantee it. I'm not going to absolutely guarantee it, but to the absolute best of my knowledge, it is scheduled to be finished mid to late March. This has been embarrassing, wasn't it? Wasn't it originally supposed to finish in October? It was due to finish in November, actually. I thought the um, original plan was October, and <clears> that changed to November. Mm. So it, it, it's pretty embarrassing, and now you're tagging on January, February, another three months. Yeah, and, and let, let's all also understand, I know it's been difficult, and I know that, in fact, we've met with a whole range of things which were, to some extent, unforeseen. Um, we want to get it right. We also offered the traders, probably including the gentleman you spoke to earlier, um, the opportunity to work and, and do extra work in November, and they actually said, and we, we understood what they were saying, to suspend the works at the middle, I think it was, of November, and then to come back in January when the trade is always less busy. But also, let's not forget that the car park, which is the place for cars, particularly to park uh, when going to the, the shops, yeah. has always been open and has remained open, and the Cornborough Council has actually provided free parking for a number of people who actually are affected by it. Right, Terry, I have my diary out. The end of March, putting the end of March, speak to Terry Duris about how the roadworks have finished. Yes, and... and right, you're and, in. And you will also know, you will also know that we've invited your, your excellent colleague, Roberto Peroni, to be there at the official opening of it, and I extend that invitation to you as well. And that's not being flippant. We are going to be very proud of what we do and how well, it finishes up. We will, we will be supporting it when you do, because we want those businesses to do well. Terry, I appreciate Absolutely. your time. Thank you very much indeed. Terry Duris, in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. I, th I, th I, think, uh, I think I'm busy then, but I appreciate the offer. Thank you very much uh, indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. 
Uh, Jane of Houghton Regis, who um, texted in earlier on. You are so wrong to assume I'm a fan of your show. You're merely an irritating interval between Wally Webb and Chris Evans, and ten minutes is often too much. Jen's, Jen's been listening for a, at least 40 minutes as her first message came at 7.18. It's now 7.58. So she's been listening for at least 40 minutes. She listens and texts every day. All, all I'm saying is, right, if there's a radio show I don't like, I listen to it once, I listen to it twice, I may go back a third time, and if by the third time I still don't like it, I don't ever listen to it again. And I certainly don't interact with it by sending in texts. So, Jen, it's nice to have you listening. Thank you very much indeed. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 southbound is blocked between Little Paxton Turnoff and Eaton Soken because of an accident. There are queues on the approach there. And the M25 anti-clockwise still stop-start between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley, with some trains being cancelled and replaced by buses. That's because of a broken-down train. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Still looking for support from bats. There's not a lot out there, if I'm honest. Also on Facebook, we've put the thing about our childless couples happier than couples with children. What do you think? 08459 455 555. We'll take more of your calls after the news with Jane Killick. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, campaigners angered at plans to build on open space in Luton. HS2 accused of being misleading of the impact on the environment and Hemel Hempstead traders livid over continuing roadworks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents who'd been trying to stop an open space in Luton from being turned into a housing estate say they'll continue to challenge the council and developers. The land behind Butley Road, which is next to the M1, is earmarked for 50 homes. Martin Stiff is one of the campaigners. We've lived here 30 odd years and uh, we've benefited for that space and we want to be compensated for the loss of it, not necessarily monetary. We've delayed it for two years. Um, We've done every little step that we can with no funding. The government is stepping up its support for the controversial process of fracking for shale gas with new incentives for local authorities who allow it in their areas. Councils will be able to keep all the tax revenue generated by the drilling. Meanwhile, the French energy giant Total has confirmed it will invest millions of pounds in drilling in the UK. The report says Britain is in danger of surpassing original estimates that half the population will be obese by 2050. The National Obesity Forum is calling for concerted action. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. Lee Agnew reports. Experts say the Beckstein bat will be decimated if the railway line is built through Buckinghamshire. The Bat Conservation Trust has been monitoring the rare mammal at Sheep House Wood, which is on the proposed route. The latest consultation comes to an end this week, but the Trust says information given to the public is shoddy, with affected areas badly surveyed or not surveyed at all. 
Companies are planning to take on more graduates this year, pushing the number of vacancies to its highest level since 2007. A study of the UK's 100 leading employers suggests the graduate intake will rise by 8.7%, the biggest annual increase for four years. The roadworks in Hemel Hempstead Old Town are back after a Christmas break. Shopkeepers say they're continuing to lose money because of the workmen who started back in June. Michael Porter, who runs Jordan's Antiques, says he's got fewer customers than ever before. The council couldn't care less. They've got their own hidden and secret agenda, which whatever they do, whatever they, they want to do, they are the council. We are just the scum who give them their our council, council rates or whatever. And they're just laughing at us behind closed doors. In tennis, there's been disappointment for two British players in the women's singles on the opening day of the Australian Open in Melbourne. Heather Watson was beaten in three sets by Slovakia's Daniela Hantukova, while Laura Robson lost 6-3, 6-love in only 50 minutes to the 18th seed Kristin, Kirsten Flipkins. The weather, a mostly dry and fine day with long sunny periods, but some scattered showers late this afternoon, a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Thank you, Jane. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. JVS is back at nine o'clock. Exciting news. Lots coming up, though, in the last hour of the show, including, well, we've been speaking to residents who are bothered uh, that their green space has not been turned into a village green. Oh, no. The council's been given the go-ahead to allow it to be built on. Are we in danger of losing all of our green spaces? The latest weapon in the fight against HS2 has been revealed. It's small and fuzzy. It's a bat, a bat, a bat. Oh, dear. Really? And apparently, couples are happier if they don't have kids. Lots of you having your say on Facebook on that. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's do some of these Facebook comments before we bang on about bats. Uh, Fatima says, what a load of rubbish. Children are the best thing in marriage. They let you grow even stronger. Jenny says, surely as Sally has proved, Sally was a caller we spoke to earlier on who uh, decided she didn't want to have kids. She's getting divorced as a result of that. Uh, Surely as Sally has proved, if the decision is joint, either way, a couple will always be happier compared to uh, if one person wants children, the other doesn't. There's no mutually satisfactory compromise on that issue. Jonathan uh, says on Facebook, every couple is different, but nowadays some people have children for all the wrong reasons. This is just my opinion. But if having children makes your marriage go stronger, then perhaps the marriage wasn't strong to begin with. You've chosen to get married, you say your vows, and you're devoting the rest of your life to someone on the understanding you'll never separate from each other. So that should be when the marriage is at its strongest. Having children shouldn't make a difference. Uh, Grace has posted a French proverb. Here we go. Love is the dawn of marriage, and marriage is the sunset of love. Oh dear. Oh dear, blimey. <laughs> miserable thought that is. We'll, uh, we'll read the rest a little bit later on. Thank you very much for those. Now, the latest weapon in the fight against HS2 has been revealed, and it's only five centimetres tall. Beckstein's bat is considered a vulnerable species and is protected under the European Habitats Directive. And there's a colony living on the route of the proposed high-speed rail line. 
we can speak to uh, Conservative MP for Cheshire and Amersham, Cheryl Gillan. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Ian. Come, come on, bats. We're clutching at straws now, aren't we, really? Well, no, I mean, it depends where you sit in the, the debate on whether we should protect our environment or not or concrete over it. One of the rarest UK mammals is indeed the Beckstein's bat. And uh, it is a small bat that's predominantly associated with ancient woodlands. And as most people who have studied uh, what is being proposed with HS2 know, um, there is a large amount of ancient woodland which is going to be totally destroyed. And I think if we don't worry about small things like uh, our threatened species and our threatened mammals, uh, then uh, the environment we're going to leave to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren is going to be just a concrete jungle. Michelle, the, the government aren't bothered about people and people's homes and people's houses. They're not going to be bothered about a few bats, are they? I think that um, we should be bothered about people's homes and houses. But they've proved they're not. They've proven they're not. So Um, bats won't stop anything. Well, I continue to try to make sure that people's interests are protected. Um, And uh, I think particularly if you are going to build a project of this nature, which is going to rip through an area of outstanding natural beauty, which after all has been designated as that because it contains an environment which the government originally thought should be fully protected, uh, that bats are just as important in the scheme of things. Your colleague, David Liddington, the MP for Aylesbury, he's in the papers this morning after 15,000 households were sent a misleading letter suggesting their properties were at risk of being bulldozed. He says it's uh, unforgivable. Uh, What's your take on it? Yes. um, I mean, David and I have been working uh, um, on this project now for for several years, and uh, this worded letter, it appears that uh, HS2 has allowed uh, their agents to send out this identically worded letter to every property owner on the route whose property is affected by the HS2 scheme, and that seems to be absolutely regardless of whether the property is due to be compulsorily purchased or if access is required just for a very short space of time on a temporary basis. Um, And I think it's misleading and really totally unforgivable. But again, um, this just reflects a catalogue of administrative failures from HS2 Limited. Um, You've only got to look at the fact uh, that uh, even the environmental statement uh, is missing information. And I think that if the government is going to take property, if the government is going to uh, destroy the environment or people's homes and businesses, it's essential that they follow the right procedures and they actually go about it correctly. The environmental statement was missing 877 pages. Deliberate or or just a a mistake? Oh, um, I'm sure a mistake. I'm sure errors. But you can't have production errors. Um, And uh, that is what the minister has told me, that the missing 877 pages was a production error uh, with the memory sticks. Um, And it shouldn't prevent anybody responding. But the point is, is that when you are dealing with people's lives, when you are dealing with people's uh, houses and homes, when you're dealing with our environment, you cannot afford to have these sort of errors made. Finally, Cheryl, you're you're doing an excellent job of throwing spanners in the works. Have you got a realistic hope of, of scuppering HS2 completely, or is the best you can aim for just to slow it down a bit? 
No, my, my glass is always half full. I mean, there are several levels on which the fight against uh, this project is being taken, uh, whether it's actually back to the basic business case or whether there are alternatives. Um, and there's still a long way to go. And certainly if the meeting that I attended on Saturday is anything to go by um, and the messages I get from all around the country are anything to go by, I would say opposition to this project is growing, um, and people are thinking that if you are going to spend up to £50 billion worth of taxpayers' money, that there are better ways in which to spend it that could benefit the economy and even our transport system. Cheryl, always nice to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, Conservative MP for Cheshire and Amersham, Cheryl Gillan. We were, we did try and get someone from HS2 uh, on the show this morning. They couldn't be bothered. Uh, they sent us a statement. Its lead spokesperson, Ben Roos, sent us a statement asking us to weave it into the report as best we could. Well, I can't be bothered. If you can't be bothered, if you can't be bothered to come on, Mr Roos, then I can't be bothered to read your long and tedious statement. I, I glimpsed at it at the weekend and I thought, oh, dearie me. Really? Is that the best you can do? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Paul's in Bletchley. Paul, Paul, the bats, they're, they're clutching at straws, aren't they? Oh, you're there. Hello, Paul. Sorry, wrong fader. Okay, mate. Yeah, yeah, enough. It. They, they're, they're clutching at straws, aren't they? Well, I think you look at you think about this. Man can build a Saturn rocket to go to the moon. Oh yes. Yeah, he can build an F one car to go around a racetrack. He can. Around, but he can't build a bat. You know, and Sorry? and there's an old Chinese sign that says if you've got two pound in your pocket, you spend a pound on food and a pound on beauty. Because what is life without beauty? Um, you know, I mean, one, that, you're wrong. That, them little bats have taken billions of years to evolve. You're, I mean, you you're might wrong. Say they're totally useless, but you're, but, you're wrong. But they're beautiful. You you're, know, God you're, made you're, them. You're, I use the term. You're wrong. Why do you say I'm, I'm I've wrong? I've just as you're talking. I've yes. just googled robot bat. Right? Yes. Man can totally build a bat, and it's probably better than. I mean, look at that. That's awesome. It's probably better than the real thing. Yes. So, well, so man can build a bat. So we don't need bats. Yeah. Well, when I was in the Navy, which I went all over the that, place... That was a good argument, wasn't it, Paul? <laughs> well, yeah, but they're, if they're gone, they're gone forever. That's the problem. Not the robot ones. Hey? You can keep the robot ones. You can put them in a box under the stairs, and yet you can move them wherever you'd like to move them. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, though, isn't it? That bats don't need human beings, really. That they, they Well, they do. They, do. they need people like Cheryl Gillan and the bloke from the Green Party to defend them. Otherwise, they'll well, get we, knocked down. We have, got to, we have got to defend our wildlife. Oh, for goodness sakes. We've got to... Well, <laughs> In my toilet, I'm, I'm I... starting to come down on the side of HS2 for the... I'm thinking, yeah, build this blooming train track now, just so we can get rid of these bats. Well, you, you can do both. You can do both. I'm not against the, the line, because I think it's needed, but um, on the other hand, let, let's um, look after our... Uh... Our wildlife, you know, even little daddy long legs. Like oh, now you're, now, now you're just being, you're trying to wind me up. <laughs> no, no, when they're gone, they're gone forever. They're, they're good, let's give, what do daddy long legs do apart from getting your face and, and have sex against the corners of windows? That's all they do. <laughs> know, Disgusting little creatures. You, you just think about this here. Now, if you were stuck on a desert island on your own, yes. you would value something. Even the what? other, and the only other living thing with you on that island, say you were like Robinson Crusoe, shipwrecked for years on an island. Yes. Any little living thing thing, whether it was a bird... I'd kill it and eat it. You wouldn't, because that would be your sole no, companion. No, hang on a minute. If there's no food on there, even me, as a vegetarian, yeah. would kill it and eat it. I'd, oh. I'd kill a bat and eat it. Well, I'd... Uh, well, and then make a suit out of the wings. You knee-jerk reaction, but after you've been stuck on your own for a few weeks, you'd, you'd value the tiniest little creature... So, hang on a minute. You're saying, right, if there's, if there's a rabbit on this island, OK? Yes. There's no other food, but there's this rabbit. 
Yeah. You'd sit and talk to the rabbit, you wouldn't eat it? I, I probably would. I'd probably eat seaweed and, and things like that rather than... You... Because it's a bit like having an animal, like a dog or a cat or a pet. You know, you you wouldn't eat your pet, would you? Well, if I was stuck on a desert island, well, you'd be very you'd be very loath to put it that way. Exactly, I'd be very loath to. There was yeah. um, uh, there was a fella, wasn't there? Who got lost? Um, was he walking in the mountains or in the woods in the forest somewhere? Yeah. And he was supposed to be gone for three weeks. He was gone for three months, uh, and he he killed and ate his dog. Did he? Yeah. 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 Well, I can. Yeah, I suppose, you know, if it really comes to it. OK, yeah. Paul, we're, Paul, thank you. We're going to put it out. Right, here we go. Here's the question for the rest of the show. If you were really hungry, could you kill and eat your pet? Could you kill and eat your pet if you were really, really hungry? Catherine, you don't have pets, no, do you? No, I don't, because I'm cruel. OK, I've got... What? I'm not. I just can't be bothered cleaning up after anyone else. I'm going to get so much trouble with the animal livers this week. Yes, yes, Kelly Betts. I would. Yep. It's a fish. you got like a fish. fish. Of course you would. Well, I don't anymore, but if I did, I would. I've got a cat and a rabbit. We're having great times with the rabbit. I've, I've managed it so we can get the rabbit in the house sometimes. Anyway, great times with the rabbit. <laughs> the rabbit would be the first to go. If I, had, if I had to, this is if there was a real emergency situation. I'm not just going to do it because I've run out of pasta and pesto. This is if it was the rabbit or the children. Yes. The rabbit would go first. The cat is really old. She's 15 in March. That's old. She's had a really good inning. Sounds like she's going to go first. No, no, no. The rabbit go first. I'm not bonded to the rabbit as much as I have to the cat. I'd give the cat some of the rabbit, but I would say... <laughs> It, it, unless something happens, you're next, Velvet. I'm glad animals can't listen to the radio. Because you're like in Tom and Jerry when he starts looking at the creature and seeing a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> <laughs> 8.15, 15 let's get the travel with Alice. The A1 southbound is blocked between Little Paxton Turnoff and Eaton Soken because of a serious accident. Police are currently diverting all traffic there and it's likely to be blocked for some time. Thanks to John and Len for phoning in with um, with updates there on the queues. The A5 southbound slow going between Kensworth and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the N25 anti-clockwise stop start between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. On public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I've missed these conversations, Jonathan. <laughs> We've just been talking about whether I'd rather eat a cat or a 78-year-old woman. <laughs> the woman would go first, the cat next, but your cat's tried to eat you. Many times in bed. We'll... <laughs> We'll find out more after this. It's 8.16. It's Monday, the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are angry that a housing development's been given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. HS2 is accused of giving misleading information of the environmental impact of the high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire. In tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have been knocked out of the Australian Open. The weather today, fine and dry this morning, with showers arriving late this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that I wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's exciting to see you. Is it really? No. Oh. But I feel I should say that. But it is nice to see you. You had a nice Christmas? I've had a year? very nice Christmas. Lovely yes. times? Yes, I've had very nice times. I've not been here. No. no I escaped you. to the sunshine. You're bronze. Your hair is blonde. Yes. You look, you look fit. You look do, well fit. Do, well, actually, it's funny you say that. Yeah. I'm really not. Oh. In fact, the trousers I'm wearing today are the only ones I could do all the buttons up. Oh, bit of a porker over Christmas. I have eaten my entire body weight in red meat. Good for you. Yes. Good for you. You wouldn't approve. You're a vegetarian. Can I... Can I say this on air? Yeah, go on. My wife, when I cook for the boys, when I cook meat, I have a little, just a little taste to make sure it's cooked properly. What? To, I don't want to give them raw meat or overcooked meat. You just are not a vegetarian. Just a little you... tasty taste. Just <laughs> literally, it's, it's not even that fingernail. It's a tiny bit. Just to make sure it's not raw. I don't want to give my boys raw meat and poison them. Shame on you. You can see if it's raw. I don't know how to. Taste it. I don't know how to see if it's raw. Anyway. Yeah. My wife, the other day, left um, some spaghetti bolognese for them. Meaty. Mm. And I cooked it. Mm. And I had this little taste of it to make sure it was all right. Not sure if that's all right. I have a little <laughs> taste and a little taste. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's all right. This is really delicious. And I ate it. You ate? I'm gonna, I wasn't going to admit this on the radio. I ate it. You're a vegetarian. Well. You were. Well. I'm considering sw- swinging the other way. R- are you really? I am considering it. My wife sent me an email at the weekend. Out of, uh, apropos of nothing. She just sent me an email saying... Am I right to um, assume you're going to start eating meat soon? And I wrote back going, no, no. But I'm considering it. Really? I'm considering it. I d- wasn't sure whether to mention it on the radio or not, but I have done. Maybe we'll do it as, a, as kind of a talking point later on in the week. But it, it, I, I, I'm considering it, but then I get the image of a lamb getting a bolt through its head. Yes, but if it wasn't for us meat eaters, that lamb would never have been born in the first place. Wouldn't have had, you know, all that fun running around in the field. Good argument. You Thanks. Know. Think of it that way. Maybe we'll do this tomorrow. Catherine, can we do this Do this tomorrow? Yeah, I wish we'd done it today. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about it on the radio. It's kind of a private, ethical and spiritual transformation I'm going through. you're not alone. Through. There are lots of veggies who have second thoughts. Can we... Let, let, tomorrow, let's do it. Let's do this as a little phone-in. All right. And um, we'll, uh, get, maybe if we can find someone who was a veggie and has gone back the other way and someone who's a staunch veggie. Maybe we'll do that. All right, let's try it. Lovely. There we go. Fantastic. You realise you're going to come in for a lot of abuse now. Oh, I've, I've had abuse on Twitter because I jokingly said it's OK to punch a horse if it's embarrassed you on television. What? Well, you said what? No, Evander, the big brother, very quickly, one of the big brother contestants said that he punched a pregnant horse in the face because it embarrassed him. And I jokingly said, I was being satirical, hey, listen, if a horse embarrasses you, then it deserves a punch. Oh, the abuse I got on Twitter from idiots, absolute idiots. You shouldn't punch any animal. No, of course you shouldn't. Except for a dolphin, because sometimes those dolphins deserve it. I'm joking. <laughs> Anyway, 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 we're keeping you too long. What have you got on your show today? Sorry. Coming up on this morning's big phone in, I'm asking whose fault is it? There are so many fat people in this country. The National <laughs> Obesity <laughs> He's back. Yeah, I'm back. He's back, dear listener. The National Obesity Forum have told the BBC half the country may be obese by 2050. And they say it's time we shocked fat people into losing weight. They want the government to produce adverts similar to those designed to stop smokers, which confront fat people with the reality of the health problems they face. And the health campaigner, Tam Fry, says it's the government who must take the blame for this country's obesity crisis. The government. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear whether you think it is the government's fault, or if not, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? Do you know what? I was at the airport in Argentina. That you don't see very many fat people in Argentina. Do you know why? They're poor. They're poor. Um, And you really don't see very many fat people. Um, Got to the airport in Buenos Aires, and uh, I was hungry. So I thought, I'll go and have a little beer 
and a, and a ham and cheese sandwich. Beautiful. So I found a little cafe and I sat there and suddenly this family arrived. Yes. They were massive, yeah, yeah. you know. And they were the f- they took. I noticed them because they were the first kind of fat people I'd seen mm. in Argentina. And as they came in, I thought, I bet, I bet they're English. Mm. I bet they are. And sure enough, they sat at the next table next to me, and I was listening. And sure enough, they were English. They yeah, were the right. first people I'd seen. You know, in you know, ten years ago, you'd have thought they were American. Yes. And now it's it's English. Now they are are English. But whose fault is it? Is it the the supermarkets? for selling too much cheap, fattening food? Is it the, the parents of people who have brought their children up to not appreciate how to eat healthily? What, who is to blame for this? Or perhaps you do think it's the government. Perhaps you think the government has really done nothing. Did you know it was under Tony Blair's government mm. that they were first advised that by 2050, half the population was obese? And apparently nothing has really been done right. to tackle that problem. So should the government have done more? Perhaps you do blame the government. Your views on the big phone in this morning at nine. Whose fault is it? There are so many fat people in this country. He's back. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's a story we've been covering uh, on this show since it started. Residents of Butley Road in Luton who'd been trying to stop the land behind their homes from being concreted over. Well, now a government inspector says the council can give the open space, give the open space to its preferred developer to turn into a housing estate. The area, which residents had failed to get designated as a village green, lies next to the M1 north of Junction 11. Well, Karen is a mum who lives next to the open space. Morning, Karen. Good morning. Karen, what's so special about this open space? Um, it's a field. There's nothing special about it. Then let's build on it, then. No, no. Why? People use this field daily, dog walking, playing. Everything is on that field. And there's not many trees. There's a few, but not many. And kids play football. Your Your kids have all used this space, haven't they, Karen? How important has it been to them? Um, I have two boys, or had two boys, that have um, got ADHD. Now, my garden is extremely small. Children need to burn off energy. ADHD children need to burn off more. Um, I've been over there, time, playing football, rugby, riding bikes, looking at slugs. You name it, with boys, we've been up on that field running around, burning off energy, and that's what the kids need. They need that space to do it without um, aggravating anybody else. You know, playing football, you're going to get the balls kicking the cars and and, and all of that, and um, they, they, they've got the space to do it without interfering in anybody else's. Karen, stay there. I want to come back to you in a second. We're joined now by Fiona Mannion, spokesperson for the Town and Country Planning Association. Fiona, you heard how important this this space is to Karen and her kids and the other residents. Why is it being built on? Uh, Good morning, Ian. Um, I wouldn't actually be able to comment specifically on why this particular piece of land has been, um, hasn't been approved to be a village green. But I um, take the points that um, have been made about the importance of green space in urban design. I think what's a real shame here is that we seem to have moved away from an understanding of thinking about the built environment and the natural environment working together, that actually you can create you know, new houses, new development, and actually incorporate high-quality green space within that design, rather than seeing the two things as in opposition to each other. 
do you think that, that what impact can open spaces have on people's mental health and their well-being? Well, the planning movement and the Garden City movement, such as well in Letchworth Garden City, they all came out of the public health movement. They were a response to overcrowding and slums. And there's always been um, evidence that having high-quality green space in your area that you can access, not just um, gardens, it has a really important impact on both mental um, health but also physical health. And I think it's really important that we think about how we can create beautiful, high-quality places that are able to stand the test of time. Because the decisions we make now about how we build our you know, new communities will have um, long-term impacts for the rest of, you know, for at least 100 years or more. It's a, it's a balance, though, isn't it? Because Luton in particular is, is struggling to house people. There is a housing shortage across the whole country. Absolutely. The scale of the housing crisis is... Um, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we need at least 240,000 homes built per year. We're probably building around half of that at the moment. And I think this is why it's really important that we actually go back to the sort of garden city spirit, which was about thinking about how do we build high quality places, homes for everyone that are socially just, inclusive, high quality, but that also work with the natural environment that promotes um, biodiversity and open green spaces, rather than having this false argument where we place the natural environment and the built environment up in, up against each other. Let's go back to Karen. Karen, do you, do you feel that you've been ignored by the council because you live in a, in a less affluent area? Yes, totally. Totally. Um, uh, they wanted to build on Barnfield. It's more of an affluent area than, than where we are. Um, they've, they've stopped that. It's it's a it's a field. It's nothing special, but children, adults, everybody gets out there and and has a place, a space to breathe. You're not in a housing estate where you, there's alleys, there's kids hanging around. They've they've got spaces. When that goes, and we spoke to Tom Shaw earlier on, who said that some of that, that green area will, will still be there, but it'll be drastically reduced. What impact do you think that will have on the local residents and the kids? Well, it, it's going to have the impact. He's saying half the space. Um, what is left is not going to be a good space. It's, it's going to have a huge impact because not only are these people trying to use the field now, you're going to have another 50 residents trying to use a smaller space on top of what's already, who, who are already using it. Karen, I appreciate your time. That's uh, Karen, who's a mum who lives next to the open space. And the other voice you heard was Fiona Mannion, spokesperson for the Town and Country Planning Association. On the subject of uh, parent, the parents, couples are happier if they don't have kids. Let's do a couple of these um, uh, Facebook comments. Simon says, if I could turn the clock back, oh dear, I wouldn't have even got married, let alone have a child. It was a case of have a child or get divorced. So I was told by my wife, I thought going along with having a child would make the marriage better. It didn't. Well, I would suggest if you're ever presented with an ultimatum like that, get out. That's what you have to do. That's not going to make any marriage better. Uh, Anne-Marie says, I may be young, but I've already taken the decision not to ever have children. And I couldn't be happier with that decision. Really? Do you know? Do you, how do you know at that age? 08459 455 555. Does having kids sour... A marriage. Are you happier if you don't have children? It's coming up to 8.30. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 southbound is closed between Little Paxton Turnoff and Eaton Soken after a serious accident. Long delays in the area and police are currently diverting all traffic there. Uh, likely to be blocked for some time. Thanks to John and Les for phoning in with updates there. The A1M southbound very slow between 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 heavier than normal today. Anti-clockwise there are queues between 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. On public transport, London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. I think you can punch kangaroos, can't you? They wear boxing gloves. They'll punch you back, you won't like it. Ah, okay, I won't then, thanks. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. A government inspector has ruled that a piece of land in Luton that campaigners have been trying to protect from development can be turned into housing. The open space behind Butley Road next to the M1 is earmarked for 50 homes. Wildlife campaigners are demanding the public's given more time to make its case against the proposed high-speed rail link through Buckinghamshire. HS2 Limited is being accused of putting out misleading information about how the line will impact on the environment. The roadworks in Hemel Hempstead Old Town are back after a break for Christmas trade. Shopkeepers say they're continuing to lose money because of the workmen who started back in June. The weather, long sunny spells with scattered showers late this afternoon and a high of 7 Celsius. On to sport and in tennis, Laura Robson and Heather Watson have both been beaten on the opening day of the Australian Open in Melbourne. Ros- Robson lost 6-3, 6-love in only 50 minutes to the 18th seed Kirsten Flipkins. Watson was beaten in three sets by Slovakia's Daniela Hantukova. England's women cricketers have taken a big step towards retaining the Ashes after beating Australia by 61 runs in a test match in Perth. Chasing 185 for victory, the home side were bowled out for 123. In the multi-format series, England now need to win two of the six limited overs games to retain the trophy. In football yesterday, Manchester City beat Newcastle 2-0 to go to the top of the Premier League. Liverpool are up to fourth after a 5-3 win at Stoke City. MK Dons manager Carl Robinson has praised lone striker Chris Long after he scored on his debut at the weekend. The Everton teenager played an important part in the 3-2 league win against Shrewsbury. Robinson was full of praise. i seen glimpses today of, of a player... Uh, he's got. Uh, he moves like uh, I know he's eleven, but he's got to move like the way Robbie Fowler used to move. He's he's got that look about him. He's got that bit of arrogance, so confidence, which I think you need to be a young player. And he's brave. Luton Town will be in today's draw for the fourth round of the FA Trophy. The Hatters drew to all at Cambridge on Saturday and replay tomorrow night. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Justin, where are you now? I'm now in the urinal section. OK, well, well, if you can get out of there, please, we will, we will come to you uh, in a second. But I don't really want to uh, talk to you uh, there. So you, you move out and I'll uh, set up the next story, shall I? Yes. OK. Um, we're talking about, uh, well, what are we talking about with Justin? <laughs> kids or no kids? Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. I've kind of got that feeling of just, can we, J- Javis is back. He must be raring to go. Can't, can't he come in? We'll half, hand it over. Can he come in half an hour early? Uh, 
He's not there. No, he's not there. Okay, well, we're to- Justin, are you, uh, you're out of the urinal section now, is that right? Yes, Excellent I've just stuff indeed. thank you. Justin, you do a show on, on Saturdays. Now, I, I've not had a chance to listen, but someone told me that this week you featured a lot of talk about World War II and the Nazis. I don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler. All right, mate, I'm just asking, all right? Just saying, just saying. Okay, someone told me. Now, <laughs> there's a story in the papers today. Oh, you're naughty. You're so naughty, 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 naughty. There's a story in the papers today. Let's <laughs> we'll talk about bats or something. No, there's okay. a story in the papers today that by having, not by not having, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I didn't. There is a story in the papers today that if couples don't have kids, they will be happier. They will be happier than couples that do have kids. Now, I've got kids, I love them, they're wonderful, they're the best, they are the the greatest gift you can ever have. I can understand where this is coming from, though, because with the joy of children comes the nightmare of of, uh, certain pressures that you only have when you have children. See, I don't get this. Whenever I see you, you're normally miserable, correct? Sorry? You're normally miserable. I I, I am quite dour, yes. yes. But when you're talking about your children, your face lights up, you're happy. Happy. So surely having children was was the best thing that you've done in your life. Well, no, the 11 o'clock show was was a highlight. (laughs) (laughs) Look what happened there. Yes. No, listen, having kids is the best thing in my life. Of course it is, and it's my boy's fourth birthday today, and uh, it's wonderful. I'm very excited. But... I, I miss sleep, I miss watching films all the way through in one setting, I miss hanging out with my wife, I miss going out for meals at a moment's notice, I miss all of, I, I miss all of those things. So are you saying then that your marriage would be bliss, a bit like this report is saying, if you didn't have children, that you could concentrate on your wife and your relationship would be much better? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it's, uh, it, um, yes. 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 Mm. I've been out and about this morning talking to people uh, at uh, your request. And it's a difficult one, this one, because for most people, the natural progression in a relationship, you meet somebody, you fall in love, you get married, and then you have children. So to find anybody this morning uh, who's been married and they've had that conversation saying, we're not going to have children, has been very difficult. I've got a couple of examples for you, people either who haven't had children or or linked to not having children. Uh, Here's what happened. Madam, good morning. Your daughter hasn't got any children. She's married. Is she still happy? Extremely happy. I actually think people who believe people who aren't happy because they haven't got children is a load of rubbish. So your daughter got married on the principle that they didn't want to, to have children, they wanted to concentrate they on each other. They fell in love and they have a good life and they have a dog and they have a caravan in Norfolk. They have a really good life. They work hard. Extremely happy. I spent Christmas with them. So you don't ever think to yourself, I I wish my daughter would have a child. It would make her a lot happier than I would have a grandchild as well. It's a load of rubbish. It's what you believe. So marriage really is bliss without children for your daughter? Absolutely, yes. I wish more people thought like that. Too many children having too many children, in my view. Debbie, good morning. How many years have you been married for now? Uh, 27 years. Happily married? Yes. <laughs> Certainly hopes after 27 years. Now, you don't have any children. No. Do you regret that at all? I do, yeah. You yeah. feel like you're missing out? Yeah, yeah. I've got two nieces and a nephew, though. So I'm always with my nieces and nephew. And how often do you think, oh, I wish I had children? Is it something you think about every week or every month, every year? Um, how often do you think about it? Oh, all the time, all the time. Really? Every day? Every day, yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. That's all right. 
So, just it's it, it is interesting, mm. and I I know there is a a, fa- a couple that are friends of my mum in their sixties now, and they uh, decided not to have kids. And in the seventies and the eighties, man, they were living the dream. Yeah, living the dream. I, I I think they may have been swingers, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, but now now they see my mum with with her grandkids and me with my kids, and now they kind of regret it slightly not having children. Exactly like that lady was saying there, Ian. I've been out since seven o'clock on this this morning. I have found only one person who is happily married and they've had that uh, conversation. They've made that decision not to have children. It's been tough. I just don't think this morning, between what, now and nine, you're going to find many married couples who have decided, do you know what? We don't want to have children. I just don't think you're going to find those people. Justin, thank you very much. 08459 555555 Mark's written... uh... Uh, uh, rather long Facebook message. What a load of rubbish. No marriage comes without hard times, stress or tribulations. Whether you have kids or not, life is what you make it, not how others make it for you. The poll is obviously very biased, or the criteria doesn't apply to real life. How can you possibly even have a poll of what a successful marriage is? Have they considered the idea that one successful marriage will be completely different to another? One couple could see a successful marriage as being totally happy, another might might be being successful, and another might simply be just being there for each other when in need. If everyone conformed as to what a successful marriage should be, we'd all actually be very unhappy. Completely the same as everyone else. And certainly I don't see that as a success. 08459 Now! Remember, last week on uh, Monday, a guy called David in Bedford called us up, okay? And it was the first time he'd listened to the show. He was a little bit of a radio anorak. He talked about Caesar the Geezer, and probably in his mind he still holds a candle for Tommy Boyd, all of that lot. And he listened to the show for the first time He'd been listening to Heart, and we said, right, we're going to get you back on Friday. We want a review of the show, an honest review, and I want to know whether you're staying or whether you're going. Well, we phoned him up on Friday, and uh, he didn't answer the phone. David, why didn't you answer the phone on Friday? I had a flu, Ian. Oh, did you? Yeah, big time. But, but, but now, when you have the flu, that means you're in bed incapacitated. Absolutely. Really? Wow. Yeah, couldn't even answer my mobile. Oh, that mate. I'd to get it that bad, but... Ian, all this about bats, what a load of you. I'm not going to say the word, but oh, I've never had so much rubbish in my life, but there you go. Are, you, are you a fan of bats, David? Is that yeah, what it is? I don't, I don't like bats, no. I don't like But why are people so bothered about bats? Get, get rid of them. We don't need them. What do they provide? Send them out to the wildlife parks or whatever it is to do what they've got to do. Isn't exactly. It? Put them in a bat sack, send them to the wildlife parks, and, and we can go and look at them in the cage. We've got on television doing their things in the cages and that with uh, David Embraer looking at them. I love so, David, did you, did you listen to the show last week through your fug of illness? What was that? Hold on, before I answer that, what was that about? Um, I, I, um, He's teasing me. I, I like Caesar the Geezer and who? To- Tommy Boyd. Tommy Boyd? Tommy Boyd? Didn't, didn't listen to him. Did you not? Oh, I thought, because he was kind of on, uh, he was around the same time as Caesar. He was doing the same sort of nah, stuff. Nah, but the chalk and cheese, mate. Oh, oh, well, chalk and indeed the cheese. I'm, I, I think this, this may be going uh, sour. We might be heading You're south. Going back a bit. I'm, I'm not, I know of him, but... Um, OK. Well, David, let's get to the all-important factor. You listened for a week. What did you think? Have we kept you or have we lost you, you to heart? No, you kept me. Yes! Yes! Yeah. Yes! Punching newspapers! That's how excited I am! We've got a listener in your face, Jennifer Houghton Regis! Uh, anyway, Ian, you, you've been about a bit, haven't you, mate? Sorry? One different... Right. What, you know, what, what rumours have you heard? I've been about a bit. Um, 
Yeah, you've been about on different... Well, I'm not going to like, rip on my plug and but you've don't been Don't mention LBC, don't mention Absolute, don't mention any of the other stations oh, I've been on, please. No we use. don't talk about those. We don't talk about the warm-up gigs, we talk about the real gig, which is now BBC Three Counties Radio. That's where it's happening. All David, right. if, in your opinion, as a radio geek, what, is there anything we could do better? What could we do better? Um... Oh. Yeah, music quiz going, mate. Okay, you want a music quiz? Fine, yeah. okay, I'm going to play the introduction to a song. I want you to tell me oh, what it is. Are you ready? Here go we on. go. I'm just going to play the first two seconds. What's that? Mm, oh. You're saying Je T'aime? Sounded a bit like it. You think it's Je T'aime? Well, let's find out. Was it Je T'aime? Hang on a second, hang on a second. Was it Je T'aime? Yes, it was Je T'aime! All right, okay. You got that. Let's try another one. Let's try another one. Oh, no, you can't be doing this to me. This Here we go. Morning, yes, we can. You wanted a music quiz. You've got a music quiz. <laughs> if, it, if, if that's what it takes to get you listening, right. I'm going to play an introduction Listen, to a song. Don't get something prehistoric yeah, no, and embarrass no. me, will Here you? Here we go. Now, you, you sound like an old geezer. What's this? Oh, I can... Uh, go on, do it again. You, you want to hear that again? Okay, this is a very famous song. What's this? I can hear it in my head. But, um, I can hear it in my head as well because I'm playing it. Here we go. Last yeah, one. I know, but you could look at it and know what it is. Here we go. So, did you recognise that song there as Waterloo Sunset by the Kings? What is that song? Waterloo Sunset by the Kings. Bow, 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 bow. Correct. Okay, last one. Three points and it's a full run and uh, you can uh, 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 sleep with Justin Dealey if, this, if you get this one correct. Here we go. This is the last one. Oh, well, well, you've not been listening that much. Right. Here we go. Are you ready? This one. Well, Again? Okay, listen Listen very carefully. Well, Nah, no, you got me there. You've got... Come on, mate. Listen, I'm going to play it you to you. You've got me. Here we go, here we go. Well, Wynn. Oh, what is it? Nah. David, I'm afraid you lose the chance of uh, having a night of passion with Justin Dealey. Catherine, I can't... I'm not going to give it to Catherine or oh, Kelly. come on! It, it's, it's a, so easy! It's a, mu- it's a music quiz! 08459 555. Call me now! <laughs> Call me now! Our music quiz for David in Bedford. Listen, he listened for a week. We've got we've got him on our side. That's nice, isn't it? It's lovely. Another soul. Another soul has been sucked. Uh, <laughs> if you want to give us a call, we're playing. Really? What? Is that what we're saying? We're playing the what? The soul has been sucked. Soul has been sucked. Yeah, that's what I was you did. Say saved. You sucked stolen. souls. No, we we sucked it. <laughs> uh, what song is this? Well, we... 08459 Listen, every other BBC Breakfast show is doing a music quiz, so we might as well join in. No prizes. There are literally no prizes. Call me big... now! <laughs> this is fun, isn't it? Yeah. I'm having fun. I feel rejuvenated. Uh, on the subject of bats... <laughs> uh, Carpet Martin says, Ian, are you mad? If we didn't have bats, we wouldn't have Batman. If we didn't have Batman, who would protect Gotham City? When I say Gotham City, of course I mean Ampthill. Uh, I can actually see you as the Batman, with Dealey as your boy wonder, Scoins as Two-Face, JV- he's really thought about this, JVS as the Joker, Catherine as Catwoman, foie, and casting purely on size, Kelly Betts as the Penguin! Ha <laughs> uh, says, I don't know why people who complain about your programme keep listening. Instead of t- tuning into someone else, I don't find you rude or patronising. Keep up the good work. Amory, the real voice of youth. She's 22. Wow, you've been usurped as the voice of youth, Kelly Betts, by a real youngster. Oh, OK. A 22-year-old, Amory. Who, yeah. was, was it Amory who, at the age of 22, has decided not to have kids? Yes, I think it was. That's crazy at 22, Amory. You just don't know. 
08459 455 555. We're, of course, playing the famous Ian Lee BBC Three Counties music quiz. What song is this? Well, we know. Oh, whoa! Oh, a little bit more of it sneaked through. We'll get the answers and uh, maybe play a few more rounds of this after the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 southbound is closed between the Little Paxton turn-off and Eton Soken after a serious accident. Queues going back to the Buckton roundabout and police are diverting all traffic there. Further south on the A1, there's a lane closed between the M25, Junction 23 and Boreham Wood because of a car's broken down. Queues on the approach there as well. The M25 anti-clockwise, queuing between 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have delays of up to 20 minutes and possible cancellations on the Hartford Loop. London Midlands also have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. It's coming up to 8.46. It's Monday the 13th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Campaigners are angry at housing developments being given the go-ahead on an open space in Luton. Traders in the Hemel Hempstead Old Town are accusing the council of not caring about overrunning roadworks which are affecting their trade. In football, a 2-0 win over Newcastle has taken Manchester City to the top of their Premier League. Their mums must be so proud. Let's get the weather now. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's not a bad day, a reasonable amount of sunshine around through the course of the day. Bits of cloud here and there, but it should remain dry at least for the most part. Come sunset, it's a bit of a change of story, but until then we're looking at a maximum of around 8 Celsius. Now once the sun sets, the cloud increases, particularly towards the west, we'll notice the rain arrive a little sooner, but eventually it will affect all three counties. We've got some very heavy showers forecast overnight tonight. It's falling, of course, on already saturated ground and swollen waterways so it's something we're watching as these showers are likely to last through to tomorrow morning. Now, the further west you are, we could get clearance on those showers before daybreak, which means we're going to have a late temperature drop. Further east you are, the showers are likely to remain into tomorrow morning, but the minimum temperature just above freezing around 2 or 3 Celsius. Now, as we head through to tomorrow morning, we've still got some showers around. Eventually, they will move out of the way, though. Behind it, drier, brighter. We should see one or two bright or sunny spells, but it's going to feel a lot colder tomorrow. We're looking at a maximum of just six Celsius. And that's your forecast. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, Chris in London. Stay tuned. He's called in for the music quiz. Do you know what this is? Well, we're... 08459 555 is the telephone number. We are doing the famous Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio music quiz. On Inside Out, we ask who owns the East? We re- Oh, sorry. That was me. Hang on. I can do that again. Hang on. No, no, don't worry. Let's find out what you're saying. On Inside Out, we ask, who owns the East? We reveal the people with the lion's share of the countryside where you live, and we find out what rights you really have to walk where you please in your town. Plus the plant that can pull down a house. We meet the homeowners left with a bill for thousands. Inside Out East with me, David Whiteley. Tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. 08459 455 555. Chris is in London. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. Chris, what, what are you doing listening in London? We're the three counties, not London FM. Somebody said music quiz, mate. You came over the airways. Have you had your soul sucked by us? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Oh, just a little bit. Just a little, a little morsel, yeah. Well, maybe we can suck a bit more of your soul. What song is this? Well, we're... it's got to be Talking Heads. Yeah. 
And it's got to be Road to Nowhere. Well, we know where we're going. He's got it right. He's got it right. Well done, Chris. That's a hard one. That's a, hard. You, uh, you want a hard one? Oh, yeah. OK. It's, uh, it's fighting talk where I come from. Right, here we go. Here we go. Leave you a little bit of this. What song? Chris, what song is this? Oh, oh, oh. You wanted a toughie. You got a toughie. Power chord. I like it. A little bit more there. A little bit more. What, song, bit was, more. what song was that, Chris? One more time. One, one more time. time. Here we go. You ready? This is it. Oh, it's a good one. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 T-Rex. Uh, now, I haven't got a clip, uh, a noise, to um, uh, uh, say you're incorrect. Oh. So, But uh, Kelly Betts can do it. Uh-uh. There we go. I'm, Chris, I'm afraid in Landon, you'll have to go back to Landon FM with Paul Ross. Sorry about that. Brian's on the M1. Morning, Brian. Oh, Ian. Yeah, but now we've, uh, Road to Nowhere, Talking Heads has been gotten. But <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's no good for um, you. Let's see if you know what this song is. A little bit longer there. A little bit longer. Do, do you want to hear it again? Do it again. Here we go. I'm going to turn it up a bit. Here we go. Oh. Nah, I ain't got it. Uh, Kelly Betts? Uh-uh. There we go. I'm afraid he hasn't got it. Justin Dealey's out on the street. Morning, Justin. Hey, good morning, Bosch. Uh, well, yeah, you must be. Um, I nearly said something very rude then. You must be very excited. Yes, very, very excited. We're doing a music quiz. Yes. It's the world famous Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Breakfast Show yeah. music quiz. <laughs> it's what the people want. Now, do you know this? Oh, no, not that one. <laughs> I know that one, yes. <laughs> do you know this? Of course I do. You do? Okay. Yeah. Okay, right. Have you got Soul anyone? Legend, yes. Have you got anyone with you? I've got Adam with me. Yes. Who's a scouser. Oh. He's, he's working in Lucen. Adam, good morning. Ian, can you play that tune again? Just okay. a, a small clip. Here we go. Here we go. Now, you're into gangster rap, aren't you? I am, yeah. yeah. So, uh, can you identify the tune? I could, no. Come I'm... on. 1960s, Soul. I'm only 22. Okay, that d- d- doesn't matter. Well, I'll tell you what, Ian, I've got a few clues here, yeah. okay? Okay. You're, you're working on a building site. Oh, oh. You, Yes, yes. <laughs> you will be working with this product, okay? Is he a chippy? Do we know that? Mm, are you a chippy? No. Oh, There's the clue. A chippy. Wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wood knock. Wood knock. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, come on. Not, oh, not, oh. Wood knocker. Wood knocker. No, no, sorry, it's not, not wood knocker. No, no, come on. Come on. What am I doing now? I am... Knocking. Yes. Wood knocking. On. He's wood knocking. Oh, window knocker. Wood window no, 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 knocker. No, no, no. Come on, come on. I'm knocking on... The door. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. on wood. Knocking on wood. Yes, yes, he's got it. He's won a prize. You won in these socks. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, sound. no, he's 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 through to round two. Oh right, okay. He's through to round two. Let's see <laughs> if he can get this. Oh, by the way, for those who uh, who wanted to hear it, this is this is what that was. Just so you know. Bam, bam. Okay. Bam. Right. Okay. Ding. Here's round. Uh, by the way, this I'm only 22 thing. I'm sure this gentleman's heard of Jesus Christ, who lived over 2,000 years ago. Yeah, so the age thing it. doesn't. Yes, right. Here's number two. <laughs> I turn that up a little bit. That was a, that was a good one. And again, he, come on, and again. Here we go. Here we go. And here we go. Here we go. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, sell your. Oi, keep the noise down, you. Keep the noise down. Can you sell him? Tell him. Oh, he's Polish anyway. He oh, right. he would, they, they, they wouldn't understand. <laughs> they, they like, they're very noisy, the Polish. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. He hasn't got a clue, has he just? I'll tell you what, can you sing us 10 seconds of gangster rap without swearing? 
Not really, no. <laughs> Justin, let us know if you find anybody else. 08459 four double five five double five. The uh, the phone line. You're all so excited that you, you aren't able to pick up your telephones. And I can understand. I can appreciate that. I can really appreciate that. The, you, you must be so nervous to be playing on the uh, uh, the world-famous Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio Breakfast Show Music Quiz. Breakfast Show. 08459 four double five five double five. What song is this? <laughs> We've virtually given it away. We're playing this because it was requested by Dave in Bedford. Dave, uh, who we we have sucked his soul. He's now an official listener to uh, the show. Uh, He only he said the the one thing that would make it better. The one thing that would make it better is a music quiz. Well, dear listener, we listen to you. We've got we 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 are having a music quiz. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I wouldn't have got it from that. I wouldn't have got it from that. I, 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 it's a good, it's a famous song. Mark's in Bletchley. Morning, Mark. Hello, Ian. Mark, you you're, you're, you're through. To, you managed to get through this week. How, how many times in the past have you tried to enter the music quiz but not been able to get through? Um, oh, about uh, three or four times. Yeah. ten years, I suppose. It's it's a very very busy uh, uh, part of the show. So thank you for taking part. Do you know what this song is? Yeah, it's Edison Light. Edison Lighthouse. Uh, Rosemary goes. Okay, let's have a listen. Mark, well done, well done. But no, it doesn't end there, Mark. You're through to round two. Oh, here we go. We're playing for double points now. Round two. Do you know what this song is? Oh, oh not many not many songs start with the drums. Here we go again. Oh, no, I have to pass on that one. Oh, Kelly Betts. There we go, Mark. You're out, I'm afraid. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. What song is this? Oh, ho, 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 ho. the fu- the phones have gone bonkers. Line one is literally ringing. Oh eight oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If uh, you want to give us a call, it's a tough one. I know. Would you get it from this? Not many songs begin with the drums. Ke- uh, Catherine? It sounds like someone falling down the stairs. It do- doesn't it just? Whoa. Doesn't it just? I don't know a lot about the- this artist, so I don't know if they ever have fallen down I, the stairs. I can probably confirm that they have. OK, you've already um, libelled the uh, Hollies, so perhaps... And Godly Cream. It's OK. 10C. It might have been 10CC. D- don't, please don't I- I- implicate any other pop stars in the beating up of your dad's friend, OK? Please he was don't. proud of it anyway. He was pleased. It was his claim to fame. I've been beaten up by ex-celeb. But, OK, please can you stop telling that story? I don't want to get into trouble. Who's on line two? Hello, who's this? Hello. Who's on line one? Hello, who's this? Hello, it's Mark Biggest from Hemel. Mark Biggest from Hemel, you're through to the world-famous uh, Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Breakfast Show Music Quiz. How many times have you tried to get through to this bit in the past, Mark? Oh, I've lost count, mate. I I've know. definitely lost count. Well, you're very, very lucky you managed to get through today. Have a listen to this. <laughs> what do you think that song is? Uh, that's the uh, Love Affair, Everlasting Love, February 1968. <laughs> He's got it right! But it doesn't end there, sadly, for everybody else listening to this nonsense. There is more. OK, you're through to round two. We're playing for double points here, Mark. Yep. What song is this? Uh, Just the Billy Joel. Br- Billy Joel, br- Uptown Girl. Sorry? 
Billy Joel, Uptown Girl. Hang on, you got that from this briefest of rim shots? Yeah. Are you confident? I'm pretty sure, mate. Whoa, whoa, it's Uptown Girl. My God, it from a rim shot. Well, that's... Uh, that, I'm... <laughs> OK, right, fine. We're through two. Round three, we're playing for uh, a holiday in Sweden, Mark. A holiday in Sweden. Okay. What? We're not. What song is this? Uh, Preacher Man. Oh, I know why you say it. I know why you say it. Kelly Betts? Uh-uh. Yeah, you're wrong, I'm afraid. Glenn is in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. I haven't got a clue either. I'll, I'll give you a little bit more, Glenn. Okay. Okay, have a listen to this. What song is this? Oh, hang on a minute. I've, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've got the fader down. That's not going to help anybody. Right, here we go. Here we go. No, sorry. Really? I can't get it, no. Glenn, thank you very much indeed. Kelly Becks? Yeah. There we go, you see. Well, that's it. The, the, the phone... Close the phone lines. No one managed to get three in a row. No one got this. Well, we leave that over until next week. We leave that song... That song runs over until next week. Jonathan Vernon Smith can't believe what he's come back to. He goes away for a few weeks <laughs> and it's descended into BBC Radio Essex. He might want to carry this through, to be honest. It's like he's not. He is not having. He is not having the uh, Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Breakfast Show music quiz. He's not having that. That's ours. That's ours and we're keeping it. Thank you to everyone who took part. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we did that for the last 20 minutes of the show. That's the podcast. Uh, 08 455 is the phone number. Not to call me. No, no, no. I've finished. It's over as far as I'm concerned, in more ways than one. No, Jonathan Vernon Smith is back, dear listener, and he's waiting for your calls. Um, let's get the travel before that, though, with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 Southbound. Still closed between Little Paxton, Turnoff and Eton Soken because of a serious accident. Queues going back to the Buckton roundabout and police are diverting all of the traffic there. Further down on the A1, one lane is closed between the M25 Junction 23 and Boreham Wood because of a car's broken down. M1 southbound slow before Junction 12 for Flittick. Also problems on public transport. First Capital Connect have delays of up to 20 minutes and possible cancellations on the Hartford Loop. London Midlands have disruption between Bedford and Bletchley. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. What a strange mix of stuff today. We've had bats, we've had open spaces, we've had childless couples, and we've had the music quiz. Who'd have thunk? Hey, there's a new podcast out. It came out on Friday. It's a darned good one, even if I do say so myself. If you want to listen to it, uh, you can go to the BBC Three Counties radio uh, page, click on podcasts. You can also go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee BBC, and it pops up then. I'm back tomorrow at six. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith, back, refreshed and slightly bronzed. And on today's big phone-in, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? The National